What's up and welcome back to Bar Down Talking Hockey, episode number 145, presented by the Barroom Network. My name is Vinny Parisi, and I am not thrilled about sub-zero temperatures. And this right here, this is Frankie Mueller, and he's just getting back from doing snow angels in the driveway. Frank, how you doing? I'm doing good, VP. Trying to keep warm. Trying to keep warm, indeed. It is cold out there in the Midwest. Um, cold in the Midwest, snowy on the East Coast, if you're just freshly tuning into sports entertainment for the first time today. Uh, the Chicago Blackhawks game canceled. Yep. Um, they're supposed to play against the Buffalo Sabres, the Buffalo Sabres. They got another storm incoming. Obviously, we saw the game between the Buffalo Beals and the Pittsburgh Steelers get pushed back a day because of inclement weather. Um, yeah, now they're hockey. It's affecting hockey. You don't see hockey games postponed too often, but that's what's happening here today with the Buffalo Sabres and the Chicago Blackhawks. But there's still some news that's going to be going on with the Chicago Blackhawks, which we will get to soon. But, Frank, before we get going, sup, dude? Sup. I had a good breakfast this morning. What was that entailing? Uh, we went out to this place called Sanders. For breakfast, like Colonel, <laughs> no, or like uh, Flip. Who's Flip? I don't know who Flip. Flip Sanders. Sanders? I could I could be saying that wrong. Philip. I don't know. I don't know. Um, no, it was very good. I, I I don't. Here's the thing. I don't eat breakfast every day. I don't wake up and feel the need to have breakfast, right? And I'm probably one of those weirdos where I wake up and I'm not really hungry as it is. Mm-hmm. Um. So this time I decided to switch it up a bit, and I went with lunch. Oh, cool. And this isn't going to surprise you what I got, but I got a ham and Swiss croissant sandwich. Ooh. Because you know me and my Swiss. And yeah, I that's, not, Swiss. that's not breakfast? No. It wasn't oh. considered breakfast because she asked me if I wanted fries with it. It's on their lunch menu. Uh-huh. I said, no, I want hash browns. I oh. Wanted a, I wanted a little bit of breakfast. Say hash browns again. Hash browns. Okay. Why? No, nothing. Hash browns? It was just, you kind of, I like the way you say it. I'm going to start saying it like that. Some hash like, browns. Some hash browns. Some hash browns. Well, how do you say it? Hash like, browns. Hash browns. Hash browns. I like it your way. Well, I like, a lot of people say like tin foil. Well, no, don't say that. That's just weird. Tin foil. Like, no, I don't like that. Like Tin foil. Tin foil. Newspaper. No, no, no. It's getting weird. You can't go that crazy, but. No, it was a very good breakfast. I enjoyed it a lot because I've been there many times, and usually I go with the breakfast items, whether I get a breakfast burrito or French toast. They have a Nutella waffle I'd love to try uh, soon. I love Nutella. I'm like, I'm going to switch it up and get a ham and Swiss croissant sandwich. Great choice. Absolutely great choice. It was ham fresh off the bone. Ooh, nice. Ham! I know Tom's probably saying it right now as he watches us. Very funny. Um, I wonder who could yell it louder. Most people probably would say him, 
but like I think I keep my loudness suppressed on purpose. I don't. I think I could give him a run for his money with my ham. I agree. It's it's you should try it one day. Maybe we should. People who have heard me yell at the top of my lungs might back me on that. I, I I'm at about a two or a one every time, every time. Um, Tom's in the chat. He says, have fun today, boys. That's like Chris Vosser's and his blue line. He does call it the blue line. You know, it's not the blue line. It's the blue line. Um, Travis, and I'll get to your breakfast comment in a second because I have something to say about that too. Uh, Travis says, what's up, guys? Went to a game over the weekend between Mm -hmm. the Texas Stars and the Chicago Wolves. Chicago won, and I had a lot of people asking why I was in a Hawks jersey. Well, the Wolves ain't affiliated with an NHL team this season. They're the only AHL team not affiliated with an NHL team. They're just an independent AHL team. So any team can loan their guys there. If I had to bet, I would guess that New Jersey Devils goaltender Keith Kincaid was the starting goalie for the Chicago Wolves in that game. I'm not guaranteeing it, but he's definitely on the roster and their starting goalie. If they went with the backup that night, that could have been the case. But um, I think AHL games are fair game for any jersey. I think you can wear any jersey to an AHL game. Is it more appropriate to wear the NHL team of said teams playing? Sure. But I, I wore my Patrick Waugh Avalanche jersey to an AHL game between the Chicago Wolves. And I forget who the Wolves were playing in that game. It might have been the Milwaukee Admirals or one of those teams in their division. Um, but, yeah, I think it's fair game at AHL games. I will say it's a dumb question, whoever asked them, why are you wearing a Hawks jersey? Especially I agree. because one of the teams is Chicago-based, even if they're not affiliated with it. I mean, you're more likely to get asked if you're wearing, like, a Buffalo jersey or yeah. a Bruins jersey. But the fact that you're wearing a Chicago jersey – who, if you're being asked multiple times by different people, that's absurd. I agree. There I are... would never go up to somebody and be like, why are you wearing a Blackhawks jersey? Like, yeah. I would wear a Blackhawks jersey because I don't own a Wolves jersey. 100%. I personally, I think, I... I think all NHL jerseys are fair game at AHL games. I don't think all AHL jerseys are affi- are um. What's the what did I, what word did I use? Fair game. I don't think all AHL jerseys are fair game. You, if you're picking an AHL jersey, it should be Stars or Wolves. Well, of course. But NHL jerseys, I think they're all fair game. Just like I think if you go to an NHL game, you can wear any AHL jersey if you want. I think that's fair game too. The only ones that I would consider a dumb question though is a Blackhawks jersey and a Dallas Stars jersey. <laughs> like if why you, are you wearing a yeah, Blackhawks yeah, jersey? Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. We're in Chicago. Well, he's in Texas. Oh, it was he, in Texas. It was he. Travis is for sure in Texas. Uh, but, but still, still I still think it's no. I, I notice I knew that, and I still didn't argue with you. I think that is a dumbass question to be like, "Why are you wearing a Chicago jersey with the Chicago team in town?" Yeah, like there's only one time you can't wear a Chicago jersey to another Chicago team. It's the Cubs and the White Sox. Yeah, because those are both MLB teams. Those are both. Um, like unless both of them are in the building or it's a draft or an all-star game or something, you can't that, but that's the only example of, I can't believe he was asked that. That's that's honestly wild. It's honestly wild. But Frank, I want to readdress one thing on breakfast. Breakfast is by far my favorite type of food. Mm-hmm. If I out of not my favorite food of all time is like chicken wings, pizza, but my favorite generalization of meal is breakfast. I like it more than lunch and dinner generally. Um, but I almost never eat it because I'm with you. I do not wake up hungry and I don't get hungry for at least two hours. No. I, no. if, if I didn't like live with other people, I would never eat until I, I, I would make it till after the show without eating. 
like I, yeah, I that's I mean, what I that's what I used to do. 100%. I used, like before like a long when the show first started I used to just wake up do the show and then think about what I'm going to eat after. I do not wake up starving. I could eat. It's not like oh my god, please no. But I also appreciate a day where I know in advance that I'm going to breakfast and then I wake up all excited and hungry. Is I it, think there's a mindset to it. Is it crazy to order lunch for breakfast? No. But here, Frank, I've made breakfast for dinner. I love it. Oh, Absolutely. yeah. Pancakes, waffles, sausage for dinner. Whoever decided that those have to be eaten in the morning is a complete asshole. They ruined my life. <laughs> um, I wish I could change that. But, you know maybe it'll be a specialty when I have kids and stuff like, Hey, once a month, we're going to have breakfast for dinner and it's going to be freaking sweet. I mean, you know how much I love breakfast for dinner. We did it one time. I love breakfast for dinner too. Yeah. So you're not, you're not complaining. You're not complaining with the breakfast food. It's more of how hungry you are in the morning. Yeah. It's just like I wake up and I don't need to eat. I can wait till lunch or earlier, later dinner. That doesn't matter to me, but I love the breakfast food. Give me biscuits and gravy and country fried steak, sausage, eggs, everything. Yeah, I don't think there's a breakfast food I don't like. Fair, same. Honestly, I agree. I'm not, I'm not a fan of like um, what is it? The hollandaise? What is that? Uh, oh, you don't like hollandaise sauce? No, uh, I do. I do. What is it called though? Eggs Benedict. I, I like. I'll eat an eggs Benedict. I have. But, but will you eat it with salmon, or does it have to be ham? Well, I prefer ham on it, but I'll eat it with salmon. I like salmon. Oh, okay. I like it both. I think there's a place um, for both. Like if I'm going to a buffet, probably I'd say 70 or 80% of the time. So seven out or eight out of any 10 buffets I go to, I'm not going to get the eggs Benedict. Understood. But I have been, I have been to a buffet in the past like five years where I have gotten eggs Benedict. So it's right on par with like, I'd say 20% of the time I'd get it. It's something I want every once in a while just for like keeping things fresh. For sure. You wouldn't boot it off the face of the earth. No, but it's not definitely not going to just get it every time I'm at a buffet. Yep. Tom says breakfast for dinner is cool. You know what? I'm happy I got to enjoy some breakfast. Maybe we, we should do that again sometime. It doesn't have to be our next hangout, but maybe like three hangouts in the future or something. Um, like our third time from now hanging out, that should be uh, an option. It should be always in rotation it's good. for our hangouts, breakfast for dinner. We could try different things. Love, love fast food breakfast. I don't like McDonald's very like I like McDonald's. It's fine. I, I, I could eat it. You know, it's one of those things. It's like it's always there. Like it's always an mm-hmm. option. But it, I would eat it significantly less if they didn't have breakfast. And past 1030, my odds of having McDonald's drop significantly. Um, in fact, today I was good, I was thinking about grabbing it for lunch. And then I passed a Taco Bell and I was like, I'd rather have that. Taco Bell's got good close. breakfast. Yeah. Taco Bell's good breakfast too. Um, I will say this. When I used to work at Panera, I know I referenced that a lot. I've slowed down lately. But um, I when I used to start at 6 a.m., by the time you were on break, it was 10. And you had been working for four hours. You've been up for five by that point. Mm-hmm. You're hungry by that point. Breakfast is still available. That those That's when you eat breakfast frequently, I think. But when I'm not up that early anymore, I, breakfast becomes less and less of an option. And, you know, right. by the time I'm hungry, it's noon or one. I'm like, it's not even breakfast time anymore, which sucks. Um, also takes a lot of prep to have a good breakfast. Mm-hmm. You can't whip up a, an amazing breakfast in a short amount of time the way you can a quick lunch. You gotta crack the eggs, gotta make the sausage, depending on what you're making. Yep. Like even French toast, you gotta go through the process of soaking the toast in the egg. Yep. It's not something you like throw in the oven. Yep. Or a pizza. 
or I'm not going to just put bread on a sandwich and make a sandwich for lunch. There's always, you're always actually physically making something yep. for breakfast, biscuits and gravy. Like, I guess the only thing, like the quickest breakfast item would be like sausage or bacon. Yeah. hundred percent. And still, even still, to make those the right way, it still takes time. But that's also a side. That's yeah. not your main. hundred percent. hundred percent. Katie says French toast on the Blackstone, which is something we have done. Frank, you know very well about the Blackstone that we have. Um, yeah, made French toast on it twice. It. We should try it. You know what, Frank? When it gets warm out again, why don't we'll, we do it? We'll have a spring breakfast. Over. We'll have a spring breakfast. That'll be that'll be my kickoff to spring for you guys. Okay. Um, Don Burr says, just dropping through to say Detroit versus everybody. I do like you told me Stafford was going to whip us. Um, yeah. Stafford played incredible though. Stafford, he was better than Goff, but the Lions won, and that's all that matters. Detroit has my respect because on that night, the Red Wings made a great comeback. Don Burr, I love Detroit. I, I, You hate me. I don't hate you. <laughs> I love Detroit. I've been there many times. Saw, I've been to Ford Field three times. Um, I've, been to, I've been to Ford Field three times, never to see the Lions. Um, I watched NIU play in the MAC Championship three times. Loved every trip to Detroit. I've been to the Joe Lewis Arena once and Little Caesars Arena once. The Red Wings lost to the Maple Leafs, one nothing at Joe Lewis Arena, and they beat the Calgary Flames four to two at um, at Little Caesars. I've only seen the Leafs play Canadian teams in Detroit. How how odd is that? That is. Um, I, I the Red Wings top ten favorite team. Am I wearing? I was wearing my Red Wing shirt earlier today. I'm not anymore. I took a shower. Do you have a Red Wings hat? I have a Red Wings winter. I have a Red Wings winter hat. Not a hat like this. Not a not a baseball cap. No. Um, I don't. Don Burr must not know that. I like the Blackhawks. I cover them, but I I'm a Devils fan. They're in no way, shape, or form rivals with the Red Wings. In fact, the year I was born, the Devils swept, or the season I was born, the Devils swept the Detroit Red Wings in the Stanley Cup final. So that's my. You know, what do I have to hate Detroit for? I like exactly. Detroit. It's fun. And I love Michigan in terms of a sports place. Um, boy, do they love their teams, and they mostly all suck. Other than the Red Wings are good this year so far. Hopefully they keep it up. Um, and the Lions are incredible. And I don't know who I'm going to pick because I know you're going to pick them with confidence probably. But I, I can't – I can't – I can't pick any. They can't pick them with confidence after watching what they their opponent did this weekend. But we'll get to that in the third period. Stick around, Don Burr. We love you, um, Frank. I think it's time to talk about hockey period number one. I clicked it and it moved. Yep, sure. That's enough. Bet you didn't think I'd remember that week over week, did you? Well, it's so annoying. I clicked it and I, it moved. Do you guarantee that you will have it ready for the rest of the show, no matter what? Are you throwing out that bean guarantee? That's tough. The rest of the show, I, I don't know. If it I is tough because I could. I, I can't guarantee that. But well, my guarantee is I won't do it out of order. Like it will be time to do it. I won't. I won't mid sentence of a conversation be like time to throw it to period number two. No, right. I, I won't do that. It will be time every time. I uh, every time I've thrown out a bean guarantee. I, I'm being honest with this. I don't think I've ever, like, it's always come true. That's fair. So I can't guarantee that. Not for a whole show. No, I understand. Um, Tom says do it in Door County. I'm assuming he's referring to breakfast. We will absolutely do it. For, Either I would that or the Blackstone, but you can't bring the Blackstone. No, but I can I can deal with a, a frying pan for that. I can absolutely do a frying pan. 
for some of the stuff that we use the black the blackstone we'll do at home we'll do both in april or may or something when it first starts to get warm we'll do it and then i think in door county i'll throw out a huge breakfast spread we should do like a gourmet breakfast too like let's just not not just sausage egg and bacon like we do like you could do eggs benedict stuff yeah. like that Biscuits oh i would love to go all out i would love to do a breakfast for nobody makes better eggs than vinnie parisi and joey parisi wow i stole his recipe yeah, that's crazy He's have you ever had goofy toast goofy toast does it make you goofy g g makes it for me i want to try it's goofy a, toast it's bread like a slice of bread and you crack an egg in there, a fried egg in like you cut out a circle and you crack the fried egg. So the bread is like it's a piece of bread, but in the middle is a fried egg in the bread. I'm in. I am really in good. like Flynn. That'll be G's specialty. I'll make something. We'll French I'll be the French toast guy or something. And that's, um it's called goofy toast because um they serve it in Disney. Oh. Oh. Okay. So I like that. It's very good. I like that a lot. All right, Frank. Remember, there's a grill there. Then we could. Oh, yeah. Hell yeah. Perfect. That's that's true. Um, Frank, Jason Dickinson. Yeah. Context. Our last show was before Nick Foligno signed his extension. So that's a big deal, too. Obviously, I they might. I could even see them making him a captain for a year or two until they pass it off to Bedard. Um, I was in favor of the Foligno contract, and I'll tell you why. I do believe having bodies that are veterans to play with the young kids is important. The Hawks have so many draft picks. I mean, what's another third round pick? Like, obviously, more draft picks. They're probably going to get more at the trade deadline. I do think they'll add even more. Um, but, you know, a guy like Felino is nice to have around. Well, I, fe- I felt that way about Jason Dickinson, too. But also, I was cool with trading him just because he's got 14 goals this season, and that's more than the previous two years combined. He was never a star. He, you know, he, he never, you know, Nick Felino was an all-star and he was a captain before. That's just not the case for Dickinson. But now that he has this contract extension done, I do think I, I can view it the same way as I view Nick Felino. Him and Felino will be in the lineup for a long time. Um, two years is a long time in the NHL world. I know in the grand scheme of life, it's not that long. But in hockey terms, a two-year contract is a multi-year deal. That's big in hockey. Mm-hmm. Unless you're like a star player signing seven, eight, nine, you know, Nylander and, you know, guys like that signing these monstrous deals. Two years is a long time in the NHL. Um, I think the average career is like 400 games, which is like four years worth of time. Like it's not, you know, it's not an easy league to play in consistently. Um, but good for Dickinson. I'm happy for him. He's getting a lot of money. You know, he's getting paid. He's getting paid what a guy who normally gets 50, 60 points gets the $4 million contract pushing five, but they're not paying Jason Dickinson during their competitive window, all that money, or to, be a primarily a points guy. He's there to help show the young kids the ropes, be there if Connor Bedard gets hit in the jaw, whether it was a clean hit or not. Um, you know, no matter what, be there for their guys. And Jason Dickinson and Nick Felino, they're gonna serve a big purpose. People who don't watch the games are gonna call both of them overpaid because they are overpaid in terms of hockey production. But I do think there's value to having both of them. Your thoughts on the Jason Dickinson contract. I'm glad that I hear you kind of flip on Jason Dickinson because last week it sounded like you just wanted him out of here. Get well, if they didn't extend him, no, if they didn't extend him, get out. Sorry. But I think I, that's just common knowledge. If you don't extend him, of course, they're going to get okay, out. Okay, fair, fair. But 
I, I thought this like this had to be done, especially with Nick Felino signing his extension. Mm-hmm. Only makes sense to have Jason Dickens Dickinson here to sign a two year extension as well. I love the contract. Is it a lot? Yeah, four point two five million. Yeah, you, you. I mean, you're overpaying obviously a little bit, but he could, he is a forty point player potentially this year. Maybe even fifty points if he's having a really really great year, you know. And on this team. He may be overproducing if he was on it like Dallas still or on uh, the Devils or the Avalanche. Vancouver, where he Van- came from before. Vancouver, he's he might not have the production he's seeing this year, right? Because there's not a talent, lot of talent on this team right now. So I don't think that the two years was really overdoing it because, like you said, it's not really in their competitive window. This also allows you to keep another veteran on this young team, which is something that is desperate at the moment with. I mean, we got veterans going down like quickly, whether it's due to off ice issues or due to injury. I mean, we got the veterans are we're losing them out of the wazoo. So, I mean, this needed to be done and it got done. Um, you said last week that teams need a dog, right? A this guy goes out there each and every night and gives it, it, it gives it his all. I mean, let's be honest. He wasn't being seen in Dallas or Vancouver. Those teams were too far built already, and they didn't really give Dickinson, Dickinson the time of day. In Chicago, he's seen. He brings leadership and impact into the locker room each night, which is something money can't always buy. I mean, sure. Can the Blackhawks go out and find a 30-40 point score down the road better than Dickinson? Absolutely. And very well, they might after his contract's over. We don't know. However, it's all about timing. I think the timing is right right now. And with the Blackhawks team leadership, and development or um it's all i don't even know what i was going with there but leadership and development i think it was i was gonna say is so crucial and one of the biggest things right now for the blackhawks jason dickinson will continue to help these young prospects grow and i think like like i said perfect timing for this contract needed to get done i love it i i agree now now that they got him extended i love it until before he was extended, I was like, all right, you're going to have to trade him. Like, you got to get assets for guys for guys who are on expiring contracts. That's what rebuilding teams do. I saw the Devils trade Paul Mary, and they traded Zajac, and they traded Andy Green. Paul Mary, Zajac, and Andy Green, those were like three of their five best players for like six years. It sucked watching them get traded. And they're better than Jason Dickinson. And But now... Now that we're seeing what Jason Dickinson could do on a team where he has a defined role, you know, when he'll he's getting top line minutes or second line minutes right now, once everybody's healthy or even next year or the year after, if he's playing on a fourth line with reduced minutes, if he scores six, seven, eight, nine goals a season, somewhere in that range, I think he'd be a very valuable um, fourth liner. Now he'll be making four, but guess what? They're not going to have to pay Bedard for what? Three more years. They're not going to have to pay Korchinski or Vlasic who my goodness was Alex Vlasic. Good. Lad. I know it's the sharks, but he's been really good all he's season so long. Good. All the good. charts, all the charts prove it. If I can rank people by who rose their stock the most this season in the Blackhawks organization, I would put Vlasic one and Frank Nazar two. And that kind of bumps down like the Oliver Moores and the Del Mastros. They're good. Del Mastro made the all-star team. Moore is amazing at the University of Minnesota. Um, and, I, you know, he's kind of a re- uh, not a reduced player in Minnesota, but he's not like one of their top dogs yet as a freshman. Like, I think as his role expands there, he'll play there next year, I think, again, too. And he'll probably be like a Hopi Baker type guy, possibly. Um, he'll have a more defined role at the World Juniors next year. This year was kind of like a fourth liner. Sometimes he got out there with Gautier, but not really. Um, 
that complete loser cutter Gautier. Um, just kidding. But yeah, Jason Dickinson, he is a, a real dude. And he said, I wish I got more years. Well, Jason, like, let's be real with ourselves. You got the bag for two years. You're rich now because of this two-year contract. You got more than you've made in your entire career coming at you next year. Um, let's yeah. slow your roll on the time. We'll bring you back on a one or two mil deal after this contract's up. If you want to be here that bad, he'll know his place. I assume he'll be a little older. He'll have a reduced role. If Jason Dickinson is on the two, is on the opening night roster in 2026-27 and Connor Bedard's the captain, they have they signed someone big in the offseason. They're ready to roll this season. They got a, you know, a premier defenseman or maybe Korchinski or Vlasic or one of these guys is the number 1 D by that point and you have Jason Dickinson on your fourth line making two mil, I think that's chef kiss work by Kyle Davidson. And he will he will be thankful that he kind of overpaid him to be a leader over these two years. And you know what? Quite frankly, Frank, like who's going to be on the team next year? Who are you looking at right now that's on this roster that is for sure going to be on the team next year? Connor Bedard? If healthy, Andreas Athanasiu? If I was Taylor Hall, if or I guess I should say if I was – if I was Davidson, I would try to bring back Taylor Hall because I do believe there's kind of some weird voodoo wizardry and bullshit that comes with Taylor Hall as far as the draft lottery um, because he was a lottery number one overall pick. And then they got Ryan Nugent Hopkins and then Niall Yakupov and then Connor McDavid while he was in Edmonton. And then he goes to New Jersey and they miraculously get Nico Heischer and Jack Hughes. Then he goes to Buffalo and they they have Rasmus Dahlin and Owen Power. Now he's in Chicago with Connor Bedard. He's a number one overall pick mm-hmm. master. Um, Tom says he's excited to see Dal Mastro in with the Hawks um, uh, all-star game for Rockford. Find a way to watch the AHL all-star game. You'll see Dal Mastro. He Rockford Ice Hogs all-star. It's awesome. Super excited for him as well. He's good in the World Juniors last year too and kind of a minimal role as well. Um, so, yeah, another player. Just this this prospect system's outstanding. Um We'll see what happens with it, but you know, I'm happy to see that they're going to have some some guys long term. And you know, back to what I was saying about who's going to be on the team next year, like Korchinski, Vlasic, Seth Jones will be there. Probably Boris Kachuk. Boris Kachuk, maybe uh, he'll probably be on the fourth line. I, I don't yeah. think they're going to be. I don't think they're going to be amazing next year. I don't necessarily think they're going to be a lottery team, but then injuries could make them a lottery team. I didn't think they'd be th- this bad this year. But now I think they will finish the season this bad because mm-hmm. of injuries and probably they're they're probably going to kind of accept it and maybe trade off some pieces towards the end. But now you're out Zadorov. Whoever would have thought Zadorov going out would be like a bad thing for the Blackhawks. Right. But it, it is. Just like, like sometimes guys, you realize Zadorov might be like a low-end NHL player, but he's still an NHL player. Mm-hmm. The guy who's replacing him is not going to be nearly as good. Um you know, so it is what it is. Frank, I got a couple questions I want to ask you as we kind of move on topic here. Okay. But really quick to kind of close things out. I'm going to list off a bunch of teams for you. And you're going to give me a one-word answer or two-word answer, whatever. And I got this stat and this thing from um, Twitter. But I, I, I think it's going to sh- – I, mean, I don't know if it's going to shock you. It probably won't. But you tell me you're just – immediate reaction and based on how this team plays how they are no no biases here just like for an example if i say a team name you go they stink they blow trash ass whatever it is one or two words chicago blackhawks 
Bad. San Jose Sharks. Bad. Anaheim Ducks. Bad. Columbus Blue Jackets. Mediocre. Montreal Canadiens. A little bit below below average. Ottawa. Bad. Minnesota. Mediocre. I just named to you the only seven teams in the NHL with fewer regulation wins than the Toronto Maple Leafs. They (laughs) suck. They are so bad. What a joke the Toronto Maple Leafs are right now. I'm sure you've got plenty to say about that. Well, I wouldn't say they suck. Here's where I stand. They've lost four in a row now. They're in a little bit of a slump, but like I said, many weeks on this podcast before. I think slumps are good for just about any team in any sport, especially at this point in the season when we're just a little over halfway. Um, now, if you're slumping near the end of the season and into the start of the playoffs, that's a bad sign. That usually like the spells, Eagles? Yeah, that usually spells trouble. We saw that with the uh, Philadelphia Eagles. But we're halfway through the season. Slump's okay. Look what happened with the 49ers slump middle of the season. Things could turn around. And the Bills – Right, they're still third in the division. Let's not forget they are still on pace for a hundred points to have a hundred point season. They just have a lot of issues that need to be cleaned up. However, you don't want a slump to last too long, and it's getting there. You don't want it to be like seven, eight games. That's that's a bad slump, right? It's way too long. Now, I will say, being up 3 0 against Colorado and losing is tough over the weekend. You weren't even able to scrounge up a point, which is horrendous. You showed your cards that you're vulnerable. When you have a lead and all the opposing team needs to do is add a little doubt in your mind and they have you right where they want you. And it happened again last night against the Edmonton Oilers. Leafs were up 2-0, lost the game 4-2. This team struggles to hold leads, VP. I also, what I'm seeing with this team is this team doesn't have chemistry and drive to win. Did you see the check the other day with uh, Manson had on Matthews? Big hit, no penalty. Probably should have been a penalty, but it wasn't. And the thing that sucks is not one person stuck up for Austin Matthews and went over and defended the hit, got gritty, got in a fight, nothing happened. Austin Matthews got, he he just got up and skated away like, yeah, not not a big deal. I got hit on my ass. I'm going to move on. You don't like to see that with a team. Anytime Bedard gets hit, look at Felino stepped up and took that fight. McDavid goes down to the ground, immediate, immediate reaction from other players to go over there and stick up for your team. We don't see that with the Maple Leafs. There's no grit. There's no griminess. There's no none of that. Like, no one on the team is like that. And that needs to happen. There needs to be response. The defense on, is not that good either. Your third D-man that you can rely on is Benoit. I mean, and I'm going to be honest when I say this. I'm not talking out of my SVP. TJ Brody being on the top pair, he's not a top defenseman. He hasn't proved he could be a top defenseman this year. He's out of position. He gives the puck away. Honestly, I like what I've seen better from Alex Vlasic and Kevin Korchinski. I'd rather them be the number one in Toronto over TJ Brody from what I've seen. And I'm not just saying that to say that. If you want to win with this team, go out there, pick up some defense. Their goaltending's terrible. Solidify your goaltending. Solidify your defense. And build around while you have some of the best players in the league. You got Mitch Marner, William Nylander, Austin Matthews, and you're not building around them the right way. So I don't, I mean, I don't necessarily think they stink because, I mean, can I call a team that stinks on a 100-point pace? I don't know. 
but they're, they definitely have a lot of problems to work out if they want to make that run and silence all the doubters. So what you're saying is they need a dog. <laughs> they do. Well, you know what? I I could say they stink right now because they, I, they I, do they, stink right now. They do stink right now. Good in the beginning of the year, fine. They are on pace for a hundred points. They've lost four in a row. They've also blown multiple goal leads in all of them, um, all but one, I think. And they only have four regulation wins in their last fourteen games. That means That's ten tough. in a row have either been won in overtime or straight up lost. There's no three on three in in playoffs. There's no shootout in playoffs. That's just gone. Yep. If you can't show you can win in regulation, like winning in overtime in the playoffs is one thing. That's that's regulation hockey, but sudden death. You know, that, that's a little different animal right there. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I do think they suck. They have no depth. If the they core don't. four, if the core four are buzzing, if the core four are buzzing, they could beat anybody in the league. They literally have four fant- some of the four best players in the league. Uh, you can say, well, Tavares is probably still top 50. I think Nylander, Marner, and Matthews are all top 20. It's unbelievable. Like They're so good. This would have never happened with the Blackhawks core back in the day. No, when no, they no, had no. Taves, Caden, Keith, you had your three or four. Yeah. They're built around them. What are we doing here? The Keith Leafs. Brody stinks. The Leafs wish they had Duncan Keith and Brent Seabrook on defense. They wish they had a third line made of guys like Marcus Kruger and Victor Stahlberg. And, you know, who else am I missing? Brian Bickle. Oh, my God. He became a first liner in the playoffs. He was a fourth liner all season long. Dave Boland was a dog. <laughs> I mean, just awesome, they, awesome. I mean, what a freaking They would win a cup. Their worst player was Roosevelt, who was an Olympian. Like, like, get out of here with that. They would win a cup, Toronto, if they had that. That's coming for me. Yeah, I think if they had a player like Duncan Keith in prime, that would be, like, all they needed. Like, they right. need goaltending, too. And goaltending. I, I, I like Wool. I think Wool is good. He's just hurt. It's like, just, yeah, it's a shit show. Yeah, man. it is First a shit defense, show. They might have the worst defense of the top topper teams in the league. Oh, absolutely. Who the hell? The Devils defense is better. Absolutely. They have two 19-year-olds on Sam it. Sam Benoit is your third or what no, not Sam. Something with an S. Stanley. Uh, yeah, I know Steven. who you're talking about. Uh, playing with Morgan Riley. He's like, your third. And Morgan Riley's great. He's out. He, he's an all-star for a reason. But like uh, it's just so disgusting. Where the hell are Tyler Bertuzzi and Max Domi? <laughs> like what happened to them with the Bruins last year? Bertuzzi was insanity. And Domi was good with the Hawks, and then he was really good with the Stars, too, in a reduced role, playing with Tyler Sagan. Now he's on Toronto. They suck. I I, I can't get over how bad this may – I think they stink right now. And if they they're, – they're two points out of being out of the playoffs. So you know, hard. the Eastern Conference is very top – the Devils have, like, three less points than them. And they're, like, second to last in the Metro right now. Now, if they win tonight, they'll be in a playoff spot. But, like – you know, because that's how crazy the East is right now. Detroit better figure it out, though, because guess what? We were we were all wrong about the Bruins, and everyone's wrong about Florida. They are both super teams in the Eastern Conference right now. I think they're the two best teams in the Eastern Conference right now. I know the Rangers have been good most of the season a little bit. Of, that's a team in a funk. The Rangers are in a funk. They won yesterday. Mm-hmm. But the Rangers are in a funk. The Leafs have more than a funk. <laughs> 
Like, they suck. Four regulation wins in the last 14 games? 14 games is like three weeks worth of games yeah, that they've rough. been – I mean, that that's that's pre-Christmas. Christmas feels like yeah. 100 – Christmas feels like 100 years ago already. It's like and, middle of December. Yeah. Like, right around my birthday is when the Leafs started to really become a trash bag, and that's a long time ago now. I know. Like – they they're they're they better figure it out or they are going down in the poo poo and guess what it's going to be so hard next year because next year's Tavares is last year making eleven and Marner's that's when all four are making eleven plus going to be so hard to have depth next year for the Leafs uh, the year after I could see Marner signing an extension and Tavares either coming back on a discount or just straight up leaving and that'll free up some cap space yeah. they could go for a goalie two years from now I could see the Leafs being really good again next year. Next year, they could be like the Wild. The Wild are right now. Like, just kind of dealing with some salary cap issues you know, and causing them not to play well. Like, you know, VP, you could do that. You could sign those extensions and those players in a couple of years. But if you don't get the defense or goaltending, it's not going to make a difference. No, it's just not. And they've been so bad at drafting, too. Lately. I don't understand. I, I like what goes through your head. Because, like, if we know this, then obviously the GM, the owner, like, everybody knows this. Like, yeah. you have to go out and get defense. Like, what's preventing you from making a trade? Are they so far strapped against the cap that they just can't? Like, I have another take. Or are we just, like, trusting? Like, maybe it's these guys are just a little off right now. I have another take, too, that people aren't going to want to hear. And you might disagree. You might not. I think their stars are losers. Wow. I kind of do. Wow. I like they're great players. They're supremely skilled. It's a bunch, you know, Matthews and Tavares were number one picks. Um, Mitch went fourth, I think. Nylander went like seventh or eighth. I, they're all superstars. They're going to have 100 points. They're going to get their power play apples. They're going to have their cake and eat it too. <laughs> I, I, I think they're losers. I really do. Maybe, maybe they're good, but better separate than they are together. Maybe that, that's possible. I, 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 when I watch them in the playoffs, I, I'm like, I watch Tampa Bay. I'm like, Nikita Kucherov, that's a winner. Braden Point, that's a winner. Stamkos, oh, let's go to the Avalanche. I never want to hear any, but Austin Matthews might be the second most skilled player in the NHL. He's not the second best player in the NHL. That is the Nate Dog, Nathan McKinnon. Nathan McKinnon is obsessed with doing whatever he can to win. Sometimes that involves scoring. Sometimes that involves setting the other Hall of Famer on his line, Miko Rantanen. Like, Matthews doesn't do that. He got out of the way of Ryan McLeod's game-winning goal yesterday. Mm -hmm. He literally moved out of the way for the shot and tried to let the goal... I'm not telling Austin Matthews to block a shot with his face and miss three weeks, but like, do like act like you care to win. Mm -hmm. you know, he scores goals. He has two more goals than Reinhardt for, or three more goals than Reinhardt for the league lead, and he has like seven less points. Like it's, it it, it's I I just don't think they're winners, and I think they're part of the problem. It's a shit show. I well, really the whole thing's a shit show. I don't think it's really a coach either. Um, new coach or not, if you want to blame the coach, I still think these problems are still there because you, even if you got a new coach, you, you didn't change anything with the players or, you know, anything that's going on like that. So I, I kind of agree with you. They, they kind of been bust together and, you know, maybe sometimes too much talent is a problem. It could kind of interfere of like, like if 
it was just Matthews and maybe like Nylander and then you traded Marner and Tavares, maybe the team's better because what you got from Marner and Tavares could really add depth to the team. And maybe that's what they need. Maybe just like with so much talent, they are a bust and they do kind of stink. So I, I don't, I don't disagree with you entirely. No, I don't think they stink. I think they're losers like Cutter Gautier type losers. He's going to wow. put up points. He's going to put up points he's going down the leaf. He should have just been traded to the Leafs. He would have fit right in. He would have fit right in. They And maybe it's because of the pressure of the Toronto media. It is like playing for the Yankees of the NHL, except the Yankees have won a bunch of titles and the Leafs haven't. Um, I just, I, I when I think of those Blackhawks teams, Taves and Kane, they didn't care if they got their points in the playoffs. They didn't care, but they just cared about winning. Jonathan Taves, playing with some of the injuries that are Patrice Bergeron. You wonder why the Leafs lose to the Bruins every year in the playoffs. You got guys like Patrice Bergeron and Brad Marchand and David Pasternak. I never, ever want to hear anybody compare William Nylander to David Pasternak ever again. (laughs) They're both going to have roughly the same amount of points. Nobody on the Leafs is as much of a dog as David Pasternak. That is just not... I'm not I'm I'm done with it. I, I know I'm a Leafs guy. I like the Leafs. I've I've been riding I've been watching my friend on YouTube, Steve Dangle, for how many years now? You know, I was one of his first fifty K subscribers mm-hmm. on YouTube. Now he's I don't even know how many he's got now. He's working for Sportsnet and shit. Um I do the prospect pyramid. That is a hundred percent Steve Dangle. That's a leaf. That is a leaf orientated idea that I brought to the devils with his permission. Um it, it's it's disgusting what this Leafs team is. Honestly, I hate I hate how annoying they are. I'm watching them. They got a 2-0 lead against Edmonton. And Edmonton scores a goal to get within one. And then Hyman ties it with the prettiest goal I've ever seen. And then it gets recalled for offsides. And uh, it getting called for offsides, you would think, would give Toronto momentum. Mm-hmm. Oh, no, no, no. It gave Edmonton momentum. Like, oh, never mind. We'll score one that counts. Never mind. Okay, that's fine. I just I was dumbfounded by the way that they play. They have, they only have more regulation wins than the six lot, the seven lottery teams in the NHL. That's rough. Like That's rough. you, you called Columbus and Minnesota mediocre. No, they suck. They're trash. <laughs> I, you know, they're they're the best of the trash. But when I think of mediocre teams, I think of like Buffalo and St. Louis. St. Louis. Um. Nashville's a little better. They're they're a good team. I don't know. The Islanders. And until they fix their goaltending, the Devils. Those are mediocre teams. Um a, a mediocre team has the potential to be great soon, I think, in my definition. Um, I don't see that for the teams lower than the Leafs. They are not. I think the Wild will get there. Maybe. And not if they not if they're not there by the trade deadline. I, I don't think they'll get there this year. I mean, next year. Oh, yeah. Without money to spend they'll, be, too. they'll be better next year. Yeah, I agree. I completely agree. Um, I, they'll probably trade Flurry um, and ride Gustafson the rest of the season. Um, yeah, I would go for – I don't know about Celebrini. They might be too good for Celebrini. But, like, stranger things have happening than the sixth worst team in the league winning the lottery. Um, when the Devils got Heesha, they were the sixth worst team in the league. So it happens. Mm-hmm. Um, but – the Leafs, if they play Florida in the first round, are you kidding me? Bob would laugh in their face and uh, Barkov would work harder than any player on the Leaf. Like, it's just ugh, nasty. If Florida wins the division <laughs> and they got to play the Bruins again, 
Oh my God, would that be elite that TV? That would be funny. That would be elite TV. Um, Frank, speaking of Marc-Andre Fleury, he is second all-time in wins playing games with the Pittsburgh Penguins. Speaking of number one overall picks, he was the first goalie, first goalie, second goalie to ever be taken number one overall. I want to say he's second now. Yep. I think DPHO was first. Um, I but I, I could be him. wrong. But he became a three-time Stanley Cup champion. He went to a cup final with Vegas. Um, spent time with the Chicago Blackhawks and Minnesota Wild as well. He'll probably add a fourth team to the mix here at the end of this year, I, I, I would assume. Um, today he was on the Pat McAfee show, and Pat promised $250,000 to any charity of Marc-Andre Fleury's choice if he scores a goal this season. Um, so that'd be pretty funny if that ended up coming true. Um, second all time in wins, he trails only the great Martin Brodeur. Frank, what are your thoughts on the flower? Uh, first of all, the problem with the Minnesota wild this year is because Mark Andre Fleury has been statistically the better goaltender this year. Not by much, but he has. I mean, that cannot happen in my eyes at 39 years old because you have ta- you have a very talented Wild team, tremendous athletes, including Gustafson, who was my preseason pick to win the Vezina this year. So hats off to Marc-Andre Fleury. Shut out the Islanders, which is a very hard team to shut out. They won 5-0. It was his 74th shutout of his career. And like you said, with that win, it not only gave him his 74th career shutout, but he also passed Patrick Waugh for sole place of second on the all-time wins list. Um, well, that, well, that'll be it. He'll solely be in second now because he's not going to get 140 more wins and pass Brodeur. But congrats to Marc-Andre Fleury for still making history at 39 years old. Um, what a career for the Hall of Fame goaltender, huh? Second all-times in wins. Only one of four goalies to ever play a 1,000 games. Three-time cup winner, Vezina winner, and still posting shutouts at the age of 39. I mean, Marc-Andre Fleury, he's a dog, VP. And I do think Fleury is going to hang up the skates after this year, though. This is the end of his two-year contract that he signs. Things haven't gone great for him this year. He has no other history to really chase in the next year. I think that he's going to announce his retirement this offseason. Now, that doesn't mean he doesn't have one more cup run in him if the Wild trade him before the trade deadline this year, which I think is a very big possibility. But I think this is probably going to be the last year we see the Flower play in the NHL. Yeah, whatever happens for him, hey, bring him to the Devils. Let's go on a cup run together, Flower. Be be on the team that only the guy ahead of you on the wins list um, played for. Uh, Barrasso, Barrasso, Tom. Went fifth overall. I just looked it up. He was the fifth overall pick in the 1983 NHL draft. Let me, I'll just Google goalies. I think two of them. First overall, first overall picks of NHL goaltenders. There are three. Oh. Um, Michael Plasse was first overall. The Canadians? Let's see. Canadians? He went first overall in the 19. He went 1968 NHL draft to, what to, the, team? Mon- to the Montreal Canadiens. Okay, I thought it was And the then he was drafted by the Kansas City Scouts first overall in the 1974 NHL expansion draft, which the Kansas City Scouts are now the uh, New know. Jersey Devils. Are they? They became the Colorado Rockies, who became the New Jersey Devils. Um, and then, of course, Rick DiPietro and then Marc-Andre Fleury. No goalie has gone number one overall since. I'm not sure one ever will again, but 
Um, we'll see. It's a hard position to scout. It's a hard position to scout. Ilya Samsonov, who is statistically the worst goaltender in the NHL this season based on your generic goals against and save percentage and advanced statistics, like goal save above expected, um, save percentage on high danger shots. Every advanced statistic or regular statistic that you can think of points mm -hmm. to Ilya Samsonov as the worst goalie in the NHL, and he was drafted in the first round by the um, Washington Capitals. A couple years before that, Andre Vasilevsky was a first-round pick. He's probably on the Mount Rushmore of goalies or close to it, depending on your perspective. But elite, Stanley Cup winning Hall of Famer, all those sorts of things. Um, it's it's a crapshoot drafting goalies. It really is. Brodeur was yeah, a first-round pick. Yeah, exactly. Brodeur was a first-round pick, but... If you're going one, though, they know something. I... I know, but like DiPietro, he was okay, right? Like, you know, better than average. I think the Islanders are still paying him. It's better than average, kind of. Yeah, remember he was in uh, that three-on-three -three, uh, arcade game we used to play with yeah. NHL Nine. <laughs> yeah. You got to. There were four goalies to choose from. Oddly enough, Mark Andre Fleury, uh, Martin Brodeur, uh, Henrik Price, Henrik Lundqvist, and DiPietro. I think were the four. That you could choose from to build your team. Um, and then the forwards I remember were like Crosby, Malkin, Ovechkin, Kane. Um, that was fun. That was good That's times. Called, three on three NHL arcade. Yeah. 2009, yep. I think, right? I think you got it for free if you bought NHL 09 yeah. or something like that. And then I think it became free to everybody anyway. I don't remember. Um, Frank Gabe Landeskog is skating. That's good. Good news. It is good news. You know, it's good to see the Colorado captain skating again after not playing since winning the cup in 2022. You know, even though he's skating, he's still slated to be out for the remainder of the season. Players have said, though, that his presence alone has brought spark to the locker room. Obviously, having your captain back on the ice after two years is something to get excited about. But I'm worried about him next year, VP. That's going to be going on three years of not playing in the NHL and not skating for two years. Your body goes through a major change when you can't skate or train for that period of time. I mean, we're used to seeing Landisag getting 70-plus points, 30-plus goals. I mean, he's more of a goal scorer than he is a point producer, but that might not happen when he returns. I hate to see this, say this, but this injury could be career-altering for him. He's not young. He's in his early 30s. To go through that type of injury, uh, injury at any stage of your career is tough, but to go through it in your 30s, that's even tougher. But I do think having him in the locker room is great for the Avalanche, though. Even though he's not playing or on the ice with his teammates during a game, he brings a different energy to the locker room and to all his teammates. Like, there's a reason why the Avalanche chose him to become captain in the first place. And we're seeing his leadership take full effect since being back in the locker room over the past few weeks. I mean, you could be injured and be like, yeah, I'm just going to work on myself. I'm not going to come and, you know, I'll be in the locker room. But, no, he's coming to the locker room prepared. He's still being a leader and a captain. That's what you want to see in a captain. And the Avalanche are 7-2-1 and one in their last 10. I give some of that credit for Landeskog being in the locker room for the continued success without having him. So, Great to see him back. I am worried about him next year, though, and I, I I don't see bright things ahead for him. I got to be honest, and I love Gabriel Landeskog, but this is a tough, tough injury to have you sidelined for nearly three years. Yeah, well, hopefully he gets back and is able to play and 
you know, kind of a similar situation like with Sean Couturier or something, like just is able to get back and be a pretty good player. Um, he was vital to the Avalanche winning the Stanley Cup, and they've just been missing a little something-something since he, you know, left the lineup. I do think they're still good, but it's a little bit different than before. Um, Kyle Connor also returned to the Winnipeg Jets, yep. and he actually played great. Great news for the Winnipeg Jets. Oh, my God. So he's been sidelined for over a month. He missed his last 16 games, returned to play against the Islanders yesterday. Before Kyle Connor's injury, in the 28 games he played, he was on pace to have over 100 points. Without Kyle Connor in the lineup, this team went 12-2-2 without him. Like, I think both of us agreed that the Jets were going to falter a bit and things would sort of kind of, you know, you'd see a decline because they were playing at such a high level that I don't think anybody expect expected. But you could argue they did better without Kyle Connor in the lineup. Now you add a potential 40-goal, 100-point caliber player when fully healthy back to the lineup. This team's no joke. Now the game against the Islanders, he didn't hit the score sheet until he scored the empty netter at the end of the game, but he grinded every last ounce of energy to make sure he got that empty net goal. He never gave up. He wanted to seal the victory for his team in his return after 16 long games, and he did just that. As a hockey fan, it's great to have Kyle Connor back on the ice. For Jets fans, you could you got to be ecstatic. Like You're adding this guy back to your team who's already in contention for the President's Trophy. You can only hope this team stays healthy the rest of the way because this team's unbelievable. I completely agree. They are... A very, very good team in Winnipeg. They and can we didn't win. mention Connor Hellebuck. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, we will in the second period. Yeah. Um, they are a Stanley Cup contender. They are one of the best teams in the Western Conference. I do not see them falling off. I think, you know, do, am I going to predict them to win the Cup? I don't know how I'm going to feel in uh, April. You know, it's January. And they were still at the top of their game at this time last year, and then they started to fall off in February. Do I think that's going to happen again? Not necessarily. I think they know how to avoid that from happening, if anything. You know, sometimes team lear teams learn from bad runs like that. The Jets are really, really good. Like you said, Kyle Connor, he did score. He got the empty netter. Um, you know, real good game. Kind of, kind of a good way to get on the score sheet and get that out of the way right away yeah. is just throw one into the empty it, net. It wasn't an easy empty net. No, he didn't just skate in and dump it in and score the empty net. It was gritty. He had to grind for it. And that's what I'm saying. There was a couple chances where um, somebody on the Islanders was like trying to keep it in the zone. It went off him. They got it back. He kind of stood in front of the next shot, got it back, cleared the ice, and he had a breakaway and ultimately got the goal. But it wasn't your typical easy empty net goal. He wanted to score. He was happy to be back. That's what you like to see in a team. Absolutely. Frank, Kyle Connor probably would have been an all star. Had um, he been healthy mm -hmm. for the whole season? Well, we also got the fan vote results and the coaches that made the All-Star game. Would you like to let the people know? Yeah, I'm not surprised that there's four Leafs being in Toronto. Mm -hmm. We got William. These were the ones voted in. Uh, we got William Nylander, very deserving, obviously. Kale McCarr, Elias Pedersen, Leon Dreisaitl, Mitch Marner, JT Miller, Morgan Riley, and Brock Buster. So let's hold it right there. I love the, the skaters that got voted in. They all really deserve it. Um, what's your take on the skaters? Well, my favorite part is that they announced everybody that wasn't a Leaf or a Canuck early in the day on mm -hmm. Saturday. Um, 
you know, if you were not a Leaf or a Canuck that was voted into the All-Star game, they announced you during the day. I think it was Rangers Capitals. And then in the later stages of the night during the Hockey Night in Canada broadcast, they revealed the rest of the team that made the All-Stars. And it was only Leafs and Canucks. It was just it was it was funny. It made a lot of people mad, but it was I thought it was hilarious. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I don't hate the list. A lot of deserving players on this list. Um, goaltenders, we got Thatcher Demko, Sergei Bobrovsky, Alexander Georgiev, and Jeremy Swayman. Once again, I think we kind of nailed the goalies on the head. Except all, one. The Georgiev, yeah. yeah. We, didn't, we didn't mention him. But uh, Demko, 100%. He won in a landslide by like 650,000 votes um, as the clear number one. Obviously, you got to have him in. And Bobrovsky... He's been unbelievable this year as well. Uh, yeah, I'm a little surprised on Georgia with that. He just straight up doesn't deserve it. No, I just, he's got it, bad stats. It doesn't make sense in my opinion, but um, maybe there's a lot of fans in Colorado. They got they got their votes, and that's why there's a whole voting process here. Um, so very very interesting goaltending um, choices as well. And the coaches, we got Jim Montgomery of the Bruins, Peter Laviolette of the Rangers, Rick Tockett of the Canucks, and Rick Bonus of the Jets. Uh, I'm a little confused on why Laviolette is in there. I know the Rangers have been playing great, but it's the whoever's leading the division at a certain. Is that rate. is that what it is? Yeah. Oh, okay. Because I was gonna say it. It didn't make sense, really. I probably would have gone with a different coach over Laviolette, but now that you tell me that, yeah, that makes sense. Um, it, like the Devils game against Florida on Saturday decided the uh, whoever who was going for the Atlantic. Hmm. If the Devils would have lost to Florida. Uh, Paul Maurice would have been going instead of because it should have been Paul Montgomery. Maurice Maya, as if you're talking about like coaches, but yeah, I get so it. You, yeah, it's just whoever's in first place. Yeah. It was by Saturday, and the Bruins won in the Devils' lost, or the Bruins won in the Panthers' lost. Um, know. so it made it where Montgomery, um, that was the only one that needed the date worth of games to decide, the other three were already decided, um, you know, before because the lead was larger than two points mm -hmm. um but yeah it should be fun i'm excited for it you know i'm sure we'll get together for at least one of the three days 100%. but it's it's gonna be a good time i'm very much looking forward to the all-star game i know it's a there the people who get so mad at it kind of bug me like it's for kids like the jerseys aren't great but kids <laughs> are gonna love them you the know jerseys, I, I, they're growing on me i didn't like them at first they're growing on you a little. I don't hate them. I don't they're, love them. They're like arcadey, and I kind of like it. They're arcadey, and the NHL is kind of embracing that. Like, wow, sometimes watching McDavid and Kale McCarr and Jack Hughes, sometimes it reminds me of like playing NHL. The there was a goal yesterday that I swear I've scored in NHL a hundred times. Probably. Yeah. Um, it was Artemi Panarin. He comes up the wall on the left side, and he just holds the puck. And then launches it across the ice to Vinny Trocek, who scored. And I was yeah. like, this is an NHL goal. Yeah. I've seen that. And so, you know, and Bieber designed it. Um, the NFL has Taylor Swift. The NHL has Bieber. You, you know, know grow the game. They're they're growing on me, the, the jerseys. I, I don't know. I, I didn't like them when I first saw them. And the, I like the arcadiness to them. I do, too. I, and uh, nobody has... Nobody has rekindled their love with video games over in the last couple of weeks than me. Um, I'm a straight up gamer again. I play every day. Okay. Um, 
But I did. Did you see my tweet the night they came out of what they reminded me of? No. For those watching, I'll explain it. But this is what I thought of when they came out. <laughs> yeah. The Pokemon Go logos. Yeah. I hope Jack uses on Team Valor. See, and like I like that. I like the arcadiness to it and the video game feel to it. I do. I don't know. Were you Team Valor? Or What's were you is red? red? No, I would. Uh... I might have been actually because I love Charmander. But why? Why do I? You could choose anybody though. I know, but I just I like I normally kept it with like if I was a fire type, I went with fire. Maybe I didn't though. Maybe I. Why do I feel like you were on Mystic Blue? I was not. I was not Yellow. I know that. No, I forget what Team Yellow was even called. I was. I might have been on Blue VP. Yellow was definitely the third most popular. Yeah. JP was on Team Yellow. Was he really? Yeah. Yeah, he had the yellow team. I don't know what I was on. I'm leaning red. Well, can you do? Are you incapable? Do you not have it downloaded? No, I do. I can, is it just going to show up, or do I need to like do it? You'll probably you'll, you'll probably have to update it, so it's probably not even worth it at this point. But I I have it in my main video game file. Do you play it? Eh, I open it every now and again. I just opened and yeah, I'd have to log in, and I don't know my login for it. So, well, hopefully we could get that figured out because I want to know. Um, it, it's been an interesting time with these all-star jerseys though. I think a lot of people are kind of heen and hawing about whether or not they like them. A lot of people are scared to admit they like them, but I ain't, you know, we're at the halfway point of the season and it's just time to enjoy some hockey. So we're going to talk about some things up here. Number two, good work. Good work. Yeah, I, I was trying to unprepare you because I saw that you were prepared. And I was trying to unprepare you by. I was too deep. You were too. You knew there was no way. You knew some way somehow. You knew Frank. It is the middle of the season officially. Um, not every team has played their forty-first game, but every team but two, I think, have. Um, I think Ottawa might actually be the only one that hasn't yet. Um, and who cares about them? They stink. None of these guys are going to, none of their guys are going to be winning any awards anyway, but we're going to go through some of the mid season awards here and we're going to hand out mid season nominations and winners for each award. This doesn't have to take forever. This, if there are some you want to kind of explain, that's fine. Some are just self-explanatory. I feel like I'm ready to die on a hill for one of them. I'll freaking die on a hill for one of them. We'll just start with it. The Selkie trophy. It's probably the most complex, but it is the most complex. There are seven guys you could say. I think there's one clear winner. I think there's we're seven gonna, guys. You I could think we're play. gonna agree. I really do. Do you want? I got. There's two players in my mind. I have three nominees for all of them, but only two for the Selkie. Oh well, you, there's gonna be three. I know, but I didn't. Ha- I couldn't think of a third. All right, I, that's fine. That's I, fine. like. It's it's one or the other. I really like. I couldn't nominate a third. I, I understand. All right, who are they? I could throw out a third just for shits and gigs. Yeah, well, whatever you want to well, do. I will. I will throw out a third. My three nominees are going to be Alexander Barkov, Anze Kopitar, and I'll throw out Mitch Marner. But he's not going to win it because I think uh, Alexander Barkov is the clear favorite. So I'm going to go with Alexander Barkov. I mean, the year Barkov won his first Selkie trophy, he had 39 takeaways, 37 block shots, laid 31 hits. And he's already ellipsing those numbers this time around, and we're not even halfway through the season. And he's really good offensively, too, which does matter. He is. He's got 11 goals and 35 assists. He's more than point per game. His offense and defensive numbers are better than just about anyone in the league. 
And with Bergeron out of the NHL, it's time for Barkov to secure a second Selkie trophy. I think it's basically a guarantee at this point. Now, Kopitar, if something drastic changed, he's got to be the clear second favorite. See, I think he's... I think Barkov's the winner, too. I think seven guys could be nominated, though, behind Barkov. So I put Barkov, and I circled them, and then I have two nominees. I think Elias Pettersson, he, he's nominated at the season ends today. I really do. Because he's got magnificent offensive numbers on top of these great defensive numbers. But instead of putting I, – I, I know Kopitar could be the right answer for the number three. I'd put Heischer three. I really did. And I mean it. And that's the hill I'm dying on. It's the hill I'm dying on because, and I saw that there was like a mid-season award through like, you know, I forget what outlet it was. It might've been Jay Fresh. He had Heischer fourth and he uses like advanced statistics and all that. And he went, his, his, his no opinion. It's just the computer spitting it out for him. Um, It went, it went Barkov, Peterson, Kopitar, Heischer. Couturier was fifth. I like um, I like that one. Yeah, because I'm happy I was for him. So close to saying uh, Heisher. Oh, I almost fell. <laughs> I was gonna put Heisher ahead of Kopitar. I'm like, I just don't think he's gonna win it. Well, I don't think he's gonna win it. He's missed some time. The assist numbers are down. Yeah, he's scoring goals. He's got the same number of goals as Barkov with like ten fewer games. Mm-hmm. But the assists are down a little bit. Part of that is injury. His line mates are rotating every single game. Um, I and with Hughes out, that puts a little more pressure on a lot of things, but I, I'm sticking to my gun that he is one of the best defensive centers in the NHL. And I'm, I'm hoping that the second half of the season really propels him into that top conversation to maybe even win it. I think Barkov is going to win it and he's got the reputation. I'm happy that Peterson is also getting that reputation because he is magnificent defensively, but like that 2000 freaking 17 NHL draft two legit Selkie guys in the top five. Yeah. He sure went one. Peterson went five. And then you got Kale McCarr, who's already won the Norris Trophy. We went fourth. Um, Miro Heiskanen, stud. I, I love that draft so much. Um, but, yeah, I, I def- there's definitely some bias. That was My bias was the tiebreaker between Heesher and Kopitar mm-hmm. for me. But, I don't know. I hope Nico gets some votes because he's having oh, a magnificent year. He'll get, he'll get some votes. I need more offense. I need more a little more point production from he sure um it's obviously harder without Hughes in the lineup the power play points are less frequent um stuff like that where these other guys are they're on healthy teams that have everything flowing right now but we I all know what Barkov gets do. it no matter what yeah I I kind of do too. that's why I really didn't have a third I couldn't think of a third nomination I was just no I totally understand all right let's roll through these the Jack Adams award Jack Co- Adams award as the best coach, I uh, where did I hold on? Let me find what I said. Okay, so I my three nominations uh, are Rick Tockett, Rick Bonus, and Peter Laviolette. Um, I'd have to give the edge to Rick Tockett with how dominant the Canucks have been this year. I think if the Canucks the Canucks end the year the way they've started the year and been so dominant. I think it's a guarantee he wins it. I mean, we all thought that you thought the Canucks would be a surprise this year, but to be this good and be the best Canadian. Hell no. Hell no. Right now. Eighth, eighth playoff spot. And it would be barely was my thought. I, I, I mean, Rick bonus right there second. Cause the jets in the same position, but we didn't, the Canucks to me were the worst of the two teams coming in and the, what he's done so far for this Canucks team. I, I give it to Rick Tockett. 
I really like your picks. Uh, we have two of the three the same. I bumped out Laviolette and I put Torts. I think John Tortorella has been really, really good. The Flyers, I thought Macklin Celebrini and Chicago and San Jose. Oh, Chicago, San Jose, and Philly would duke it out for Philly, uh, for, you know, Celebrini. That's just not the case at all. They're going to make the playoffs. They will be a playoff team. Um, and they play hard. They don't have that one superstar like every other playoff team or two, three, four superstars. They have a bunch of really good players. Konechny's been great. They have some good young rookies. Carter Hart's been awesome. Uh, Samuel S. Urson, however you say it, he's been a really, really good backup. Um, Torts has these guys playing hard every single day. Now they have Drysdale. How many points since he got to the Flyers? How you doing? <laughs> he... That, that team is just so good, and it's all, I believe, because of the way Torts has them playing. Um, I, I got them third, and then you you basically took the words out of my mouth for Rick Bonus and Rick Tockett. I, I made Tockett my winner just because Vancouver. I, 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 I kind of put, put it out on a limb that Vancouver would make the playoffs. Like That was kind of like my hot take. Like There's I was like, team to surprise. Yeah, I wasn't like fully confident. Like I was like sixty percent confident in that pick. Holy hell! If they exceeded even my expectations, there were people that had them as a lottery team and thought I was crazy for putting them in the playoffs. Well, the president's trophy could be something they go for. Like at this point, and Rick and Tockett, that's Jack Adams worthy. Yeah, it is absolutely Jack Adams worthy. The Jack Adams Award goes to one of two people. It either goes to the coach that is the coach of a team that says, hey, we thought you were going to suck, but you were actually pretty good. Or it goes to a coach whose team was just so undeniably dominant that there's no question. Like, didn't right. Mont Montgomery win it last year? Yeah. And, you know, we knew the Bruins would be a good team. Yeah. But they were so exceptionally dominant that he deserved to win it. There was a year where Barry Trotz won it with Washington. Well, we knew Washington would be a good team. They're a cup contender every year in the Ovechkin era, basically. Yep. Um, that year they were so exceptionally dominant that he deserved to win it. So Absolutely. We move on. Frank, up in the air a little bit, kind of now, but not necessarily still, in my opinion, especially if he comes back. The Calder Trophy. Yeah, my three nominees are Connor Bedard, Luke Hughes, and Brock Faber. Faber, I like hearing you give Faber the props. Yep. I mean, this might sound crazy, but I'm going to stick with Bedard, honestly. He's unbelievable. He's still a minus 200 favorite to win it. I thought when he got injured, that was it. There's no uh, Calder Cup trophy in his future. Uh, but he is he's skating already after a week, which is crazy. No slap shots, can't clench the, the, the jaw, but... I honestly really think he has a chance to win the Calder Trophy. He's been so productive as a rookie that the stats that he built up in the games he's played are far best by any rookie. He leads all rookies in points still by eight points. Um, he leads rookies in goals by three. He was overtaken in assists by uh, somebody. I forgot who it was. might have been Faber. Was it? I don't know. It is, right? Are you muted? Sorry. Yes, I was muted. I was on the other screen, though. Um, whenever I go to another screen, I mute it in case that was something out of my control. Um, yeah, Brock Faber. He Brock has Faber. one more I assist, won. I think. I yeah. won. And Cooley, Cooley and Minchikov and Luke Hughes may pass him, depending on how long he's out. Like, I'll give Brock Faber the credit. He's a nominee. 
but he's not even in the top 10 in goals for rookies, which is bad. Like if Luke Hughes and Brock Faber make use of the time while Bedard, they have a chance to steal the show. But with Bedard already skating and I wearing a cage, I think he's going to be back shorter than six to eight weeks. So in that case, I think he's going to go on a tear when he comes back and win rookie of the year. Still. I really do. I couldn't agree more. I, I, not only do I think Bedard is going to return soon, I I'm all of a sudden thinking he's still their all star. Like I, there's I there's a chance he's a In broken jaw, a broken jaw. Like I kind of thought all the the big timeline that they gave for him was kind of like like if this were the playoffs, he'd be back already with a cage. Yeah, like I guarantee it. Um, there's no reason to rush him, but like. He'll be back. Connor I Bedard's think he there. might play in the All-Star game. He might. It's not physical. I, I don't think it's odd that they haven't named a replacement for him, and I don't think it's odd they haven't named a replacement for Jack Hughes yet either. Both went out in the same game in early January. I don't know. I think Bedard still wins it. I He's he's definitely the midseason leader. Oh, absolutely. He's I can't the mid-season he's a minus 200 favorite. Yeah. Well, how the rest of the season – will he be our court three-quarters of the season favorite? That that depends on his injury. But right now, based on the information that I know, he is the midseason favorite. My other nominees were Luke Hughes and Adam Fantilli. And I wrestled between Fantilli and Faber. And then, you know, I wanted to give props to Logan Cooley and Minchikov and all these other guys who are great. Um, Luke Hughes is fourth in rookie scoring, and he's a defenseman. You know, he's scoring goals a little bit more than Faber. Faber's real good, though. I think they're the two best rookie D in the class, and they'll be dueling for you know, 10 years on NHL blue lines and it should be so much fun to watch. Um, but Fantilli, maybe bias is a little bit of the tiebreaker between him and no, I can see it. Fantilli's been incredible. Yeah. Um, he, he, I don't know if he's as good as Leo Carlson, definitely more durable so far. And I think that's something to keep an eye way. on. It does go a long way because he's playing and he's productive. And I still think, I don't know if he'd have as many goals and points as Bedard, but I still think he'd be like a lock for second place if a complete moron wasn't his coach. Like, I hate the way Pascal Vincent has handled Adam Fantilli. I'm not saying Babcock would have been any better. He hates young guys. But <laughs> the way Pascal Vincent has handled Adam Fantilli, he, he doesn't even start overtime. Why would you not put Fantilli out there with Johnny Hockey and Wierenski in overtime or whatever defenseman you want to use? I think Wierenski's hurt. But, like, like it just makes no sense to me the way this team uses um, Fantilli. Joey Priestley says, nice to hear some puck talk. Like, what? Like you make no sense. <laughs> you make no sense. Two out of three periods are dedicated to hockey every single day. I wake up and I think about how excited I am to talk about hockey all the time. We like, were just talking about Jimmy, Jim Montgomery. Jim Montgomery. Oh, yeah. And um, and... Yeah. Well, Swayman will be mentioned here in a couple of minutes, I think. Um, but, you know, Bedard's the clear winner. Fantilli, Hughes, Cooley, Minchikov, Faber, Marco Rossi. Nobody even mentioned Marco Rossi, and that might take away from Faber and Rossi himself the fact that there are two Minnesota Wild players very deserving of Calder consideration. Um, Rossi is third in points. He'll probably be, you know, right there all season long, depending on how Fantilli does and how Luke Hughes does. Um, and Voronkov with Columbus, also very, very good. Yep. He's 22 points. There are people, though, that believe that if Connor Zary 
played on an East Coast team, he would be in a lot of people's nominees. I don't agree, but I think he's a very, very good player that will get votes. He'll be top five or six, maybe seven at the most. Um, even Joey's boy, Matthew Poitra, he'll probably top ten. Um, yeah. This Philadelphia backup goaltender, Sam Erson, real good. He's got 11 exactly. wins, three shutouts. Uh, people like Kachekov. He's been real good, too. Kachekov. Yeah, get him on the Devils. Um, but yeah, those are my three Calder nominees. I still think Connor Bedard takes it. Frank, let's move on to the Norris Trophy. I think there's there's three clear cut nominees here. I, uh, there's two really? number one and two, and then That's you can close. argue two guys for three. I agree. So there's four guys in the running for nominations. I think the winner though is a two horse race, and I think coming in third is a two horse race. I agree. Go for it. My nominees are Quinn Hughes, Kale McCarr, and my third, I'm going Evan Bouchard. Okay. Uh, and I literally was going to say the exact same thing. It's a two-horse race between Quinn Hughes and Kale McCarr. Literally, the, it cannot be any closer. They're basically tied in any stat you look up. Like, I'm going to give the edge to Quinn Hughes because I think the Canucks are playing out of their minds right now. And don't get me wrong, so is Colorado. But I think at the end of the season – the production that the Canucks are getting right now is going to favor more of Quinn Hughes. And, like, it's so close. It's so close. Yeah, I'm going to stick with Quinn Hughes, yeah. Okay. I also picked Quinn Hughes. They like to treat the Norris Trophy, like, more than any other trophy. They like to pass it around. Here, it's your turn. Here, it's your turn. Oh, Drew Doughty, you haven't won a Norris Trophy yet? Oh, here, it's your turn, even though Duncan Keith and Eric Carlson and Brent Burns were significantly more productive than you this season. But they all have theirs already. So it's your turn now. This is probably your worst season as a pro up to this point. Here you go, Drew Doughty. You probably should have won it over Duncan Keith two years ago, though, and he deserves to win it more than you <laughs> right now. But, you know, they, they do that with the Norris Trophy for some reason. Kale McCarr's already won one. I think the tiebreaker goes to the guy who doesn't have one. Kale McCarr in second, though. I told you over the summer that if Quinn Hughes figured out how to score some goals, he will be a Norris Trophy caliber yep. D-man. Well, lo and behold, the assist numbers are all the same. Yeah, He's been this good at having assists for all these years now. Mm -hmm. He finally scoring some goals, and he plays really, uh, really good defense now, which is something he was a little behind of Kale McCarr on last year and the year before. Quinn Hughes is playing good defense. He's scoring more goals. He's right there in the mix for the Norris Trophy. I put Dobson. I was going to say Noah Dobson, uh, Bouchard and Dobson. Very, very, very close. I think Dobson's probably a little better defensively. Bouchard has that big clapper on the power play and he's got the McDavid dry side advantage. And don't tell me that's not an advantage. Um, if Quinn Hughes was on the Blackhawks, it'd be hard to win a Norris trophy mm -hmm. from the blue line. The power play is not as productive. There's not as many lethal snipers for your one tease to connect with. It's just not, it's not the truth. And same thing with Kale McCarr. He's got, he's got two hall of famers, one on each side. When he's got the puck at the top of the zone, he's looking at Rantanen and he's looking at McKinnon. You know, that helps. Same thing with Quinn Hughes, with Elias Patterson. you know, Brock Besser's in front of the net. Oh, there's JT Miller. Who's third in lead scoring over there. Like, it's it's really, really good situations for them. Noah Dobson's doing it on this Islanders team that is not as offensively gifted as the other two teams mentioned. Same thing with Bouchard. Mm -hmm. um, 
but you know it could go either way anyway for the third place spot dobson or bouchard i think those are the big four though um but yeah i'm giving my edge to quinton hughes i i'm yeah we agree absolutely um frank who do you think is going to win the vezina trophy so my three nominees would be Connor Hullabuck, Thatcher Demko, and Jeremy Swayman. All these goalies have been great, but in my opinion, Hellebuck has been the clear best goalie in the NHL right now. Aiden Hill, he's been lights out, but he won't have enough games played. If he played in, if he played thirty games, Aiden Hill would be the clear favorite. He's the only goalie in the league under a one goals against. Or no, not under a one goals against. Um, he's under a two goals. He's the only goalie in the league with under a two goals against, and he has the best statistically save percentage. But he's only played fifteen games. Um, Hellebuck second in goals against, third in save percentage, and the clear number one in Winnipeg. He's playing a, a lot of games. I think he has it locked up unless Demko goes on a run, which is possible. Some Demko's a clear second, but um, all three are all stars. I think. We're probably going to have the same three nominees. I'd be shocked, honestly, if it wasn't, but I'm giving it to Connor Hellebuck. This team's unreal. My three nominees are Vitek Vanacek, Nico Dawes, and Akira Schmid. Um, totally joking. I wish that was cool. Um, yeah, I got Hellebuck, Demko, and Swayman. I think Hellebuck wins it in a landslide. I mean, it's pretty clear cut. It is. Fu- it would be really funny. I think Swayman's in the mix. I probably think he's either he's second or third, of course. Um, they they have just good goaltending in Boston all the time. They're like the Packers with quarterbacks are the Bruins with goalies. They went from Tim Thomas to Tuka Rask to this duo of Dem or of Swayman and Allmark. Allmark won the Vezina Trophy uh, last year. I, I I doubt in NHL history has a Vesna winning goaltender played for the same team the next year, been really good. And the other guy was still the Vesna nominee the following year out of the two. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's just insanity. They have two top 10 goalies. There's no doubt about it. Um, and what Demko's done in Vancouver, I bet they're real happy. The him and Besser, man, they were ready to ship both of them off. They were ready to make both of them walk the plank. And I bet they're real happy. They didn't do that with Demko, especially. Um, Demko's been great. He can make a run. hundred percent. But Connor Hollebuck right now, the stats so are unbelievable. It's just undeniable. Oh, my God. I think he's the clear favorite. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. All right, Frank. That leaves us with the most prestigious um, NHL single-player award, individual award, and that's the Hart Trophy, which goes to the NHL's got player most voted most valuable to his team, the MVP of the league. I got Nathan McKinnon, Connor McDavid, Nikita Kucherov. My honest opinion, I think of the three I named, McDavid would be my third. Honestly, I'd put McDavid in third place. But if anybody can turn the Hart Trophy race around, it's Connor McDavid. However, I think it's this year, it's McKinnon's honor. 
He's only two points behind Kucherov. Avalanche are one of the hottest teams in the league right now. Their offensive production's through the roof. There's an argument that without Kucherov, obviously the Lightning would be bottom 10 in the league maybe. I mean, they, they'd be really bad potentially without Kucherov. But at the end of the day, McKinnon's production is just going to get better and better overall on a better Colorado Avalanche team. They're better than the Lightning. I think he runs away with it at the second half of the year. I really do. It's not a hot take. I didn't even nominate McDavid. Wow. I think he could win. I don't think this race is even close to over. I think there are seven or eight guys that could win. Like, like this is probably an extreme example, but like if Jack Hughes came back from injury and had 55 points in the final 40 games and got the Devils into a home playoff series, he could be a nominee. Like I, th- that, sure. those types of things could happen. Panarin is in the mix. Didn't nominate him. Um, Sam Reinhart in the mix. Didn't nominate him. Quinn Hughes in the mix. Didn't nominate him. Elias Pettersson in the mix. Didn't nominate him. Absolutely. 100%. I bumped out McDavid. I have the same two of the three as you. I, instead of McDavid, though, I put Pasternak. It's fair. I could say um, I think the Nate Daug is the winner at halfway point. He has two less points than Kucherov. But I think sometimes in hockey, it's just fair to say, hey, have you watched lately? Like, do you watch the games? I, I, I feel like I take in Nathan McKinnon a lot. And the way he plays, man, it's he so is good. just – if Austin Matthews gave the effort that Nathan McKinnon gave, he'd have 50 goals by now. <laughs> the way he plays is unlike anything I've ever seen. It doesn't look as effortless as a McDavid or a Matthews, but – he is so productive. He gives everything he can to winning. He is a winner. That's a dog. He doesn't have an MVP yet. Taylor Hall robbed him of it. Very exciting times for New Jersey Devils fans. Both guys were equally, um, both guys were equally deserving of it that year. The edge went to Hall. Um, there is probably a little East Coast bias that favored Hall that season, but. The Nate dog, he certainly deserves it as of right now. And I went Pasternak as the third guy. Um, because the Bruins, he's just always out there dominating. Every shift he's out there, he's dangerous. Not every puck goes in for him, not every puck goes in for anybody. But I think he's third in league scoring or fourth, something like that. He's right there in terms of that area. Um, I have no doubt in my mind that he. He's the real deal too. He could he'll he could win it one of these years, um, especially without Bergeron and Krejci for the Bruins. They needed their wingers to be even better, and Pasternak yeah. has done that. Um, he's one of the best players in the NHL. There's no winger I would take over him except for maybe Kucherov. I think those are the two best wingers in the league right now. And I know McDavid's numbers are low, but I mean he he could go on a tear, which is why I just felt I had to nominate him. Um. Yeah, Pasternak, I understand that. Pedersen, I mean, yeah, there are a lot of people who could win this. I think uh, at the end of the day, though, I think McKinnon's going to pull away. I, yeah, I kind of do too. I really kind of do too. So uh, do I think these will look, some of them will look similar um, by the end of the year. I really think there's a chance that, a few guys that we didn't name, especially with the Selkie, Calder, and Hart, could kind of come into play here. Those are the three that are the least decided. Well, the winner of Selkie, maybe. I'm talking nominees, though. I think there are a couple guys that could come in for that third spot, maybe even that second spot over the course of the season. But 
um, the Hart Trophy. I think no matter what, the Ted Lindsay, mm-hmm. which is voted by the players, which is like the second most valuable award, I could say. Um, a lot of the times, whoever wins the Hart Trophy wins the Ted Lindsay, but I think McDavid wins it no matter what. I think he will be voted sure. as the best player in the league by his peers, regardless of who wins the Hart Trophy. You really um, think so? Yeah, I do. Um, because he's basically won it every year except the year Matthews won the Hart Trophy. Like, even when Hall won the MVP, McDavid won the Ted Lindsay because they, they, um, they should give it to McDavid because he's the best player in the league. That That is the one that is based on, like, who's the best player? I, I don't think they're going to give it to him. I wouldn't this year just because I don't think he's the best this year. Maybe. He might be the best player overall. In the I NHL. think that's what they base it on, though. But I, I would go if it's – I think it's a year-to-year basis. Like, who's the best player in the league? I, I wouldn't. I'd give it to McKinnon right now. That's fair. That's fair. He'll definitely be nominated. McDavid mm-hmm. will be nominated for the Ted Lindsay no matter what, Probably. no matter who your Hart Trophy nominees are. He is the best player win. in the league. Um, but, yeah, that's fun. I like doing this. Maybe we'll do it at three quarters of the season. Did we do it for the first quarter? Is this our second time doing this? I think we did. We, no, we did preseason. I did think. we do preseason? We did it once before, but it was preseason, I'm pretty sure. Okay, maybe we will do it at three quarters. But, you know what, three quarters will be here before you know it. And, like, it's like, did it really change all that Not much? Not much probably will change. Yeah. But we shall see. Um, but I am excited to talk football in period number three. You're good. <laughs> You're getting good at this. You're getting good at this. Football! You like football. I love football. Oh, no, I'm not wearing my football guy sweatshirt. So I, had, like I had it in my hand, and I was like, did I wear that on the show last week? So you and don't like football. You don't. Oh, I love football. You don't want to wear the same thing two shows in a row, even though a whole last week has gone by, and I know you know I washed it since then. But like people on the internet, man, I don't need to be two shows in a row wearing grimy. The same thing. I probably have worn the same thing two times in a row though, without realizing it. I mean, a whole last week goes by. It doesn't always feel like it. It really doesn't always. It didn't feel like it this time around. That's how um, I feel like sometimes being in front of other people that you haven't seen for a while. I'm like, I wore this the last time I was around them. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, well, like you've washed, washed it. it. It's been a, times. It's been a month and a half. I've washed it. You've washed it multiple times, probably. Yeah. That's funny. Well, Frank, super car, super wild card weekend certainly was wild, don't you? A lot think? of fun. What did you say? A super wild card weekend was a lot of fun, don't you think? It was a lot of fun. It was pretty Absolutely. wild. Home teams went five and one. Crazy. Packers were the only, uh, it's kind of funny. They were the only team to win on the road. Which, how did you only get two right and I only got one right? If the, like, we picked all road teams? What a bunch of morons we are. I mean, I mean, dude, like, what? I'm, I'm dumbfounded by the NFL. The Cleveland Browns. I got three right. I took the Texans. Well, that was one of the ones I was counting. What other one did you, you got? The Bills, Chiefs, and Bills. Oh, then I got two right. That's right. You, you got two, and I got three. Okay, okay. That makes me no. That still doesn't make me feel better at all. <laughs> Your Browns. No, no, my Browns got killed. <laughs> my Browns. Let's go. My Browns. Let's go. Screw my Browns. Browns. You know what? I root for here. your Bills. I root it for your Bills. Matter. What They're the hell? I don't care. I hopped on the Bills wagon, and you were like, "Screw f the Browns." Well, Joe Flacco could go play with his 
family or whatever he's got to do. You go sh- hang out with you- the kids. Buy the him ra- some lemonade. The Ravens better win their Super Bowl this year because the Cleveland Browns are coming. The Cleveland Browns are down. The Bills are coming for the Ravens. So. You know what, though? That loss that the Browns sustained to that Texans team. They're good. They, I'm, I'm not set on picking the Ravens in a couple minutes. I'm. Not, I just that. that it depends on which quarterback plays better. Uh, like, if there's a world where C.J. Stroud beats the Ravens, there is. If they played a hundred times, the Texans would win fifty. I think it is a 50-50. I don't, I don't it is a 50-50 thing coming up this week, wholeheartedly. This game might be 50-50. In 100 games, I wouldn't say it's 50-50. Well, I mean, you figure eventually someone would get hurt. Be like 75-25. I don't know, Frank. The Maybe Texans. 80-20. No, you get out. The Texans are so good. They revamped their whole team in one offseason. They got... With the number two pick and the number three pick, they got a franchise quarterback and a franchise-altering defensive player in Will Anderson Jr. They have just been unbelievable. Rookie head coach, rookie quarterback. I don't know if I've ever seen a better rookie head coach. I can't overreact, though, with this team. They may be good, but they're not ready to win a Super Bowl. I can't overreact with this team right now. They blew out the team we both agreed had the best defense in the NFL. But I picked them to do that. I picked them. You did not pick them to blow them out. Doesn't matter. You they were better than. Down. They have the best defense, but look at their numbers on the road. On the road, they have one of the worst defenses in the NFL. And it showed. And I bet you didn't know. It showed. At home, one of the best defenses on the road. I can't believe the amount of points they give up per game on the road. It's disgusting. I think it's in. It might be in the thirties. It shouldn't make defense. It should offense. I get being impacted by home or road defense, though. Well, the offense plays better at home. I guess because it's quieter when they're on the field. Right. But uh, that's what I, I don't know. I I can't overreact. The Browns don't play good defense on the road. I, I I'm not overreacting off that one. Well, the Texans have won five out of six against mostly good teams and high pressure stakes along the way. Ravens, though, different ball game. Ravens, different ball game. But they like number one the, on our power rankings, that's tough. Yep. Yep. No, I agree. I think the Ravens are the real deal too. I don't think any of these six teams or eight teams suck. I think all eight of them can win. I wholeheartedly believe that. I'm going to come in here on Monday 0-4, and, and I'm going to be like, what the fuck happened? And I, I'm like, I can't believe it. I wholeheartedly think that's possible. I wholeheartedly think that's possible. But, you know, is there anything from Super Wildcard Weekend that shocked you that you don't want to just get into when talking about, um, you know. Bucks uh, winning kind of shocked me. It kind of shocked. The Eagles only scoring nine points kind of shocked me. They they were on that slump that you don't want to have at the end of the season, right? You kind of you want to have that in the beginning of the or the middle of the season so you could kind of fix that. They're ten and one, and they they just they laid an egg. They shit the bed. They laid an egg. Bucks impressed me. Now the Bucks on the road could be a different story too. When they're on the road to play the Panthers, they only scored nine points. They didn't even score a touchdown. So. It's gonna. It might be a different ball game in Detroit, but that was that was surprising. What a Rams Lions games that that was a that was a great game. Um, great game. I'm surprised at how well the Chiefs played. They played very well. They only limited the. Not really, but I mean the Dolphins kind of fraudulent to me, but the Chiefs kind of look suspicious all year. I'm not surprised they won. We picked them, but 
I mean, they just played an overall great game. The Lions game was great. That was the best game of the weekend. It was the only game that wasn't a blowout. Um, Baker Mayfield is 2-1 and one in the playoffs with a really good passer rating. I think it was like 120. Like, really good passer rating in the playoffs. Um, When he was with the Browns, before his injury, he was good. Now he looks healthy. He's in a system that, you know, they play well. I, I'm not out on them. I'm not going to show my hand of who I'm going to pick, but they really shoved it up the Eagles hoop. And unbelievable, it's different in the playoffs sometimes, but the Eagles were struggling and that kept going into the playoffs. The, the Bucks they did what they needed to do to win the division. They got there. And, you know, the first couple weeks of the season weren't that good for the Bucks, right? Like everybody no. thought, everybody thought the bears were going to have a chance to beat them. They didn't, but like, that's what we thought of the Bucks in September. And here we are in January and they are one of the best eight teams in the league. And I don't know if it's the Tom Brady magic living on, but, and then as far as Casey, I don't know when people are going to learn that there are some quarterbacks in the league that you just never bet against. And eventually sometimes those guys come together, like what we're going to see with Kansas city and Buffalo this week. But, and you know, somebody has got to lose, but like when Patrick Mahomes has a rough 11 and six season, you throw everything away when you get to how many times, how many times did Tom Brady lose to the dolphins in September? And people were like, Oh, the Patriots, they're just not good anymore. And all of a sudden they are the Super Bowl champions that upcoming winter. It happened yeah. at least four times. I think the Dolphins had a winning Dolphins record. Owned them. The Dolphins have a winning record in Miami against Tom, if I remember correctly. They do. I'm I'm pretty sure you're right. Forget that shit. Patrick Mahomes is the new Tom Brady. Forget everything you think you know about the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, like beating the Miami Dolphins was easy work for them. You know, the Dolphins, I, I think they're a good team. They became so I called them frauds early in the season, and then I pulled back on them once they started to like really continue winning games, right? And they, they were blowing out bad teams and marginally beating good teams. That's how you win in the NFL. You blow out the bad – like that's how you know the elite teams in the NFL. You blow out the bad teams, and you either lose narrowly or win narrowly to the good teams and go slightly above 500 yep. against the good teams. That's how you come out with like an 11-6 and six record or a 12-5 and five record. That's – that's how the NFL is. This isn't college football where you smoke everybody if you're a good team. Um, and you know what? The Dolphins did that. By the end of the year, I was like, okay, they're not necessarily frauds. Do I think they're going to win the Super Bowl? I don't know. But they're not frauds. Then they became frauds because they are so injured. They started losing guy after guy after guy. And guys were playing at not 100%. And defensive players who you might not know their names as well as some of the offensive stars and offensive linemen, these guys are go dropping like flies. And it's like, okay, like they're done. And they weren't prepared to play in the cold. And I know a team from Miami, significant disadvantage. I mean, their colors are what they are because of how hot it is in Miami. Mm -hmm. And they don't want to wear dark clothes at home. Understood. It just, it was too cold in Kansas City for them. And I like it was just it was kind of dumb. Like every game sucked for the most part, except for Lions. <laughs> I am happy that the one game that didn't suck was Sunday night in prime time. But mm -hmm. I don't know. 
I, I'm ready to make our picks though because I can't I can't Let's I do can't it. keep talking about what happened last week without saying what I think for this week. Let's do it. All right, Frank. We will start off with the Baltimore Ravens and the Houston Texans. I'm going Ravens. Winning a playoff game as a rookie quarterback, that's tough. That's tough. They're not ready to win now. They're going to be good years to come. Um, Will Anderson, oh, whoo, he's been great. Nobody, We all talk about C.J. Stroud, but let's talk about the, the defense a little bit. Will Anderson, or is he is he the defense? He's on defense. He's not the offensive line. Uh, yeah, defense. Yeah, he's on the defense. Yeah, he's been great. Um, it's just this team to me is not ready to beat the Ravens. If you want to really impress me, go out and win in Baltimore. If so, you're picking Baltimore. Yeah. If the Houston Texans beat the Baltimore Ravens, I will believe they are going to win the Super Bowl. Like that is how meaningful I think this game is to Houston. With that said, I'm picking Baltimore. This is <laughs> Lamar Jackson's time to shine. Um, their defense is really, really good. I, John Harbaugh, he has to be, um, or Jim Harbaugh, excuse me. Uh, now I'm confused. No, it's John Harbaugh. John, John Harbaugh's a yeah, position. yeah. John Harbaugh has to be, you know, my brother won the natty. Let's let's do this for the fan. Like I don't know. I, that's how I would be. I know how for a fact that's how I would be. Listen, um, yeah. No go. I don't want to. They they finally gave Lamar weapons. He's used them to his advantage. He's the best running quarterback in NFL history. Um, he makes plays with his legs. He could throw a pretty ball. They're going to score points. I am excited to watch Baltimore play in the playoffs, to be frank with you. And you know what? I'm happy that in the first game they get a quality opponent. Go out there and beat Houston. I I would not take Houston lightly. I won't say I won't say if the Ravens win by a score, like more than a score, I'm not going to say, well, it was Houston. Let's see what you can do against the Bills, or let's see what you can do against the Chiefs. No, I'm not going to do that. Houston is a quality opponent, and if they go out there and smoke them, that is more good Ravens than bad Texans, in my opinion. Bad Texans is out the window. That that That's gone. C.J. Stroud is an elite quarterback. The only quarterbacks in the league I would take over him right now for long term are um, Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, and Lamar Jackson. And you know what? Josh Allen and Lamar Jackson are asterisks and TBD. Patrick Mahomes, there's no question in my mind. But I think that highly of C.J. Stroud. He's going to put on a show. I don't think it's going to be a flawless game by any means. It's a Baltimore game, or it's a playoff game in Baltimore. Going to be tough. I think the Baltimore Ravens will come out with the edge, though. Ravens got a great defense, too. Can they do sure it again do. against a top defense, a top three defense in the NFL? You could argue the Ravens were number one because they were good on the road and at home where the Browns weren't. There, there's no way they're dropping 45 against the Ravens on the road. I actually think the Ravens are going to win by two scores. Okay. Which that would be a quality win for the Ravens. Mm -hmm. It would. It really, really, it would instill even more confidence in Baltimore for me um, than any other matchup that they could have had. Like if if Cleveland would have made it, then I think things would be like a little different. It's a divisional game. They hate each other. No, they wouldn't even be playing them. They'd be playing the Chiefs. Yeah, they'd be playing the Chiefs. So then that's a whole other story. But 
it ended up being Baltimore versus Houston. Um, I got Baltimore. I got Baltimore a score or less. I think that highly of Houston. Interesting. Um, yeah, I think it's going to be close. Detroit versus Tampa Bay. Detroit Lions won a playoff game for the first time in 32 years. They hosted a playoff game for even longer than that, I think. Um, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, they uh, were the 2021 Super Bowl champions. I think it was the 2020 Super Bowl champions, but it was played in 21. Um, they have a lot of play- pieces left still from that team. Not a lot, but they still have some pieces left from that team. A lot of good veterans and Baker Mayfield, 2-1 and one in the playoffs. It's been a good run for him. You can argue he's been a top 10 quarterback this season. What is your prediction? You know, congrats to Baker winning against the Eagles. Big win. I don't like the way they played on the road this year, though. That game against Carolina where you can't score any points. There was many times this year where they just couldn't put up points on the road against bad teams. Lions impressed me home against the Rams. I thought the Rams were going to take it. With that being said, with the Bucks being on the road and the Lions at home, I'm going to go with the Lions here. I think the Lions are going to get it done. I think the Buck stops here, no pun intended, for um, Baker Mayfield and the Buccaneers. We'll see what happens. If I had to choose one team with a potential upset here, I'd probably go Buccaneers out of every game they'd be the most likely to upset. Um, But I'm going to go with the Lions. Love it. Absolutely love it. I want the Bucs to win because I'm going to always root for Tom Brady's teams. I'll probably be wearing my Bucs gear during the game, but I think Detroit's going to win. They got some momentum, I think, from that big win over the Rams. I think the Matthew Stafford thing was like part of the reason I was like, is the same old Lions? Is it the same old Lions? Or is it the brand new Lions? It is the brand new Lions. The season's already a win for them. I don't think it was Super Bowl or bust because I think they have many, many, many years of being good ahead of them. Now, the NFC North is only going to get better, I think, around them, and that might make things a little difficult. So it would be nice if for them if they were to finish the deed this year. But, you know, we'll see. I do have them beating the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, though. I think the miracle season for the um, Bucks is over. Um, I think the Lions are going to take this one and be in the NFC Championship game. Mm-hmm. I like it. I agree. Two for two. All right, Frank. The Green Bay Packers against the San Francisco 49ers, the last time these two teams met in the playoffs. Robbie Gold ended the season for Aaron Rodgers and the Packers. This time it's Jordan Love and the Packers versus Brock Purdy and the San Francisco 49ers who were off last week with a bye. What are your thoughts? You know, we had to talk about the Packers and the Cowboys. Congrats to the Packers. You beat a team that choked. Congratulations. I I don't trust this team. 49ers, they're good. They're the best team in the NFC right now, obviously. I think they're going to the Super Bowl, to be honest, but we'll see what happens. I'm picking the 49ers here against the Packers. Yeah, I I just – this is another case of trusting a a rookie quarterback playing his first full season. It's – I'm not trusting Jordan Love here. I'm just not not against the 49ers defense. I mean, maybe these games would be different if they're at home, but winning on the road is tough. We see how drastically your statistics change from home and away. 
I give the edge to the 49ers. I just I can't come up with a reason to choose the Packers in this situation. Understood. Yeah. You going Packers? Oh no. I think I'm gonna do it. Oh no. I've been I've been mauling this over basically since that day we had that conversation. That's crazy. Said you couldn't think of a reason. There's a big reason. Maybe the biggest reason. The Green Bay Packers have an advantage at quarterback over the San Francisco 49ers. And the NFL is a quarterback league. Who are the best quarterbacks in the NFL? Mahomes, Allen, Lamar, Stroud. Wow, they're all four still alive. Wow, amazing how that works. Um, Burrow. In the, Burrow, injured. Injured. You're telling me you don't think there's a chance he'd still be alive? If he were healthy. No, he would be. I'm just naming the best quarterbacks in the league. Injured. Jalen Hurts, down, down last month of the season. But he made the playoffs. He was right there. They were upset by Baker Mayfield, who's been good in the playoffs. Good year. You can argue uh, You can argue that Mayfield had a better year than Hurts. It's fine. Um, Jordan Love is the top 10 quarterback in the NFL. They did it again. I'm They're, not on the train yet. They are going to go from Brett Favre to Aaron Rodgers to Jordan Love seamlessly. All three of them had time to learn their craft under somebody else. And all three of them, Jordan Love is not the Jordan Love after week eight is not the Jordan Love that exists today. Uh, basically, from Thanksgiving on, he's been one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. They ended up making the playoffs when nobody thought they'd have a chance. They were brutal in the first month, and something just clicked. Matt LeFleur comes from an outstanding coaching tree. He was with the Washington football team back in the day when John or when Jay Gruden was their coach and Kyle Shanahan was the offensive coordinator. Matt LeFleur was the quarterback's coach. And even our guy, uh, drawing a blank on his name now, McDaniel, Mike McDaniel, he was on that staff. I think he was the tight ends coach. Uh, it's an all-time great staff. I have no idea how the um, Washington football team was bad. Um, yeah, I'm picking the Green Bay Packers. I think they're going to get it done against the San Francisco 49ers on the road and make it an all-NFC North uh, NFC championship for Chicago Bears fans to get nice and angry about. I'm just not buying what Jordan loves selling. I'm not. I think I'd rather have Brock Purdy right now. I wish I agreed. I'm a Bears fan. That's my favorite team. I just don't take any stock in scoring 48 points against the Cowboys. I mean, Frank, I know, I know, but I know, I know you, how you feel about, but like Dak Prescott's won a playoff game. Okay. Mike McCarthy is a Super Bowl champion head coach. You don't go to the hall of fame for winning a playoff game. No, but Mike McCarthy's a Super Bowl champion head coach. But this is the Cowboys. This is what they do. I, I know. I want you to see it. You're not seeing it. I it's do never... see it. Frank, I do see it. Every year, the, the accident waiting to happen. Right. Even right. as would say, what exactly. can go wrong will go wrong. So I'm, why, I'm, so I'm privy me, to it. Why is that a big win? Because, 
because they didn't just win. They didn't just beat the Cowboys. They annihilated them. Those throws Jordan Love was making, he looked like Patrick Mahomes. He, he would have done it. it. It doesn't matter who was on the other side in that game. They were beating anybody that yeah, night. The defense stunk. They, they, gave a, they were beating anybody that if night. You, if you think you're going to make those throws against this defense, you're on glue. And, and you know what? You know what? Brock Purdy is a good quarterback when everything is perfect. When everything goes according to plan, Brock Purdy's one of the best in the NFL. When he's trailing or when there's any kind of adversity, he shows why he was Mr. Irrelevant. If, and, and the Green Bay Packers are the best first quarter team in the NFL. The number want- one first quarter team in the NFL. If they get out to a lead some way, somehow against the San Francisco 49ers and put even a little pressure on Brock Purdy, the 49ers are toast. Do you want to know something else, though? The Green Bay Packers are one of the worst teams against the run. You know what the 49ers are going to do? They're going to shove Christian. I'm not saying they're going to blow them out like Dallas. They're going to shove Christian McCaffrey down their throat. They're just not. I mean, if you gave up 32 to the Cowboys, I can't imagine what they're going to give up. You do that again, you're losing. You're not scoring 32 against the 49ers. That's a God-given fact. Okay, but what's San Francisco's biggest strength on defense? It's their defensive line. The Packers' offensive line might be their biggest strength. Jordan Love has a million years to throw the football, and when he does face pressure, he escapes it and makes beautiful throws like nothing. I just see Green Bay winning this game. I, I and, and if I'm wrong, it'll be like, no shit, like San Francisco top team. But, like, I just I have a weird feeling Green Bay gets out to a lead and Brock Purdy crumbles. Just very similar to Dallas. If he gets injured, they lose, obviously. Well, yeah, of course. San but. Francisco, yeah. They, they, San Francisco lost last year because of uh, Purdy going down against the Eagles. Who knows how that game. Whenever San Francisco goes down, they lose the game. Yeah. And the Packers, the Packers have this knack for scoring early and getting out to leads. Um, when it was 10 nothing Green Bay or 14 nothing Green Bay, I think it was, it's like this game's over. Dallas is not coming back from this. There's just no shot. Now, I think if Dallas scored the first touchdown, it would have been an entirely different story. I, I, that's the, mo- the most important first touchdown of the game is in the Green Bay San Francisco game. If San Francisco f- scores first and it looks easy, I'll text you saying I was wrong. But if Green Bay scores first, I will have all the confidence in the world that they can win that game. And I had to pick one for the show, but my real prediction is whoever scores first wins. It's not like the next game we're going to talk about where I think a team could go down 14 nothing and still win. That That's how crazy I think this upcoming game we're going to talk about I is. But I, I got Green Bay beating San Francisco. Um, Frank, the Kansas City Chiefs versus the Buffalo Bills. I already know. I mean, just say. <laughs> of course you know. This is Josh Allen's chance to get a playoff win against Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs. He's 0-2 in the playoffs against them, but he's dominated the Chiefs in the regular season. I think he's 3-1 and in the regular season. He's undefeated, I'm pretty sure, at Arrowhead, which is unbelievable. This game's in Buffalo. Going to be exciting. I can't wait. If it's not now for Josh Allen and the Bills to take down the Chiefs, it may not be ever. 
I'm going with the Buffalo Bills. I cannot wait. I, I just I cannot wait for this game. The, the fans are nuts. Every time they score, they're throwing snowballs. It was just great. Josh Allen, he's a machine. He had um, the second longest running touchdown in playoff history. I forgot who they said was number one. I mean, it was like 50-something yards. It was unbelievable. This team got hot at the right time. They thrive in moments like this. Give me the bills. Uh, and that's the least stunning prediction I think I've ever heard. <laughs> um, this is not who I'm rooting for. Frank, I want you to have football happiness. I'm rooting for the Buffalo oh, Bills. No, VP. I am rooting for the Buffalo Bills. And the home of the Chiefs. I think the Chiefs are going to win. Unbelievable. Hope I'm wrong. I hope I'm wrong. I hope Bills win by 50. But I learned my lesson. Well, I didn't learn my lesson. I always picked Tom because I was smart and had a brain. And I was right almost every single time. This is the first true road game in the Patrick Mahomes playoff era. He has never played a non-Super Bowl game on the road, and he is going to do that for the first time on Sunday. I think Sunday. Sunday? Yeah. Or Saturday. Sunday? Yeah, Sunday. We get that delicious Green Bay game at night. We'll be watching that one together for sure. Um, they... They haven't shown us what they are on the road in the playoffs. Shame. So, and, but we have seen them play against the Bills and they've won close games. They've won shootouts. They've won defensive battles. Um, the receivers are finally starting to catch the balls that Patrick Mahomes lays out for them. Um, their defense is as good as it's been in the Mahomes era. And people love sleeping on the Chiefs. I, th I got this weird feeling that they get it done. I just, I got I the Chiefs. Not. I hope not. I hope you're wrong. I actually hope I'm wrong for every single of my picks. I hope I go 0-4. <laughs> because that would mean San Francisco, Tampa Bay, Houston, and Buffalo all won. It'd be crazy. I'm worried about Swifties versus Bills Mafia. That could get ugly. That could get real ugly. <laughs> We're I not going to go lightly on that. I remember when a dildo hit Gronk in the head. After scoring a touchdown. <laughs> and like these Swifties are going to be there or like watching the, like I'm a, I'm a little worried. We're going to cook them all VP. I'm a little worried. That They're, is not, that Buffalo is not. Fans don't mess around. That is not a stew. I'm excited to taste. <laughs> the, well, the Swifty versus. You're going to get a big scoopful. Yeah. The Swifty versus Bill Mafia stew. I mean, I don't know, Frank. So you got. You got Buffalo playing Baltimore in the NFC oh, or in the AFC Championship game. Okay, Baltimore. Me, Lamar. I want him so bad. Both teams in the I Kansas City Buffalo game versus the uh, Ravens would be must see TV. I want it so bad. And and the Ravens versus either of them would create an outstanding color game. Yeah, it really, really would be an elite color game either way. Um, I think it'd be a better color game against the Bills, but. I don't know. And then Detroit versus Detroit versus San Francisco is your NFC pick. I have Detroit versus Green Bay. 
an NFC North, NFC. I think the Bears played the Packers in the NFC Championship in 2010, and the Packers won. As of right now, where where your brain is right now, without seeing how this weekend unfolds, if the Green Bay Packers played Detroit in the Championship Sunday, who would you pick as of Green right Bay. now? <laughs> I don't trust the Lions. I think they're frauds. I think they got lucky like, against the Rams. You can't be throwing around the word fraud as they much are, as you though. do. Frank, we're in the top eight. Nobody's Doesn't a fraud matter. anymore. Doesn't Nobody's matter. a fraud anymore. Frauds. No. You yeah. could be a fraud you could be a fraud in the first round. Because you make the playoff because of cir- circumstance or whatever. I think the Eagles were kind of fraudulent. Um the Dolphins turned out to be fraudulent. Injuries kind of carried that too. Um the Dallas Cowboys big time frauds. Uh, uh, when you get to the top eight, though, you I, won. I disagree. When you're you, in the top four, there's no frauds. You either won a playoff game or had a bye to get to it's this. A, yeah, okay. You won a playoff game against a team that was a fraud. Frank, most elite quarterbacks don't go over 500 in the playoffs. I don't care. Like Peyton Manning's record in the playoffs is abysmal. Cowboys were frauds. You got to win over the Cowboys. And I guess the Rams were frauds too. I wouldn't actually say the Rams were frauds. So no, the, the Lions didn't. The Lions didn't pick up a fraudulent win, but they're frauds in my opinion. I can't call a team with an elite coach, an elite quarterback, and an elite pass rusher. That's the crazy. Rams frauds. They're not frauds. Oh, I said the Rams they're not are, frauds. They, oh, okay. The, the Lions got a, a nice win against the Rams. They weren't frauds. The Cowboys aren't frauds. I don't care if they got an elite quarterback, elite coach. Detroit, they are frauds. We do this every year. Detroit, you cannot call Detroit. You cannot call a division winner that won a playoff game frauds. There's that. No, it's just Detroit is not. We Detroit is it's not like proving no with Toronto. No, not. I'm not talking about Dallas. I'm talking about Detroit. I know Detroit is not a fraud. I think they're complete frauds. Nothing could happen this season that makes them frauds. This is already a win for them. That's crazy. Yeah, they're not frauds. You are not in the final eight and a fraud. You want you made the playoffs is and the goal won to get a to the playoff. Final eight or go further? I think for Detroit, absolutely a nice yes. starting. Yes. After yes. not winning a playoff game in thirty-two years, it's a really nice starting point. So, yes. so when they become the Leafs, then and you you make it six years, but you got a first round. The Leafs are like, are, the Leafs aren't frauds. The Leafs aren't frauds. They choke in the playoffs. They are not right. frauds. They are consistently one of the best teams. You could have called them frauds in that first. They're frauds year. in the playoffs. In the playoff, sure. Detroit is for sure not a fraud in the playoff, considering they won a playoff game. I don't know. I don't trust them. And and you also said if you make it to the Final Four, you're not a fraud. Yet you, you said if they play Green Bay, that would have meant they made it to the Final Four. But your reason for picking Green Bay is that they're frauds. But you if think Green, Green Bay wins. It, uh, what did I tell you when we were talking about it the other day? Get a big win against teams like the 49ers, you're not a, then I give you props. Okay. So well, if it, Green Bay beats the 49ers, I'll say, holy shit, wow, this team is way better than I thought. But until when they get blown out by 23 points to the 49ers, then, like, if the Bucks win, I will not be surprised because, to me, they're fraught. Like, that's bad if you lose to the Bucks on the road. So you think every team in the Final Four for the NFC is a fraud except San Francisco? Uh, that's just yeah. not how this works. Yeah, I do. I <laughs> just really not. Uh, uh, you think, I think half... the NFC stinks? I do. I think the NFC stinks some, relative some, to the somebody, AFC. Somebody's got to get there. I really do. I honestly would say so. Yeah, Texans I, aren't frauds. I have a very different definition of fraud. 
the Fraud Cowboys turned out to be big fraud. games. You choke in big games or big moments, and that's what what's going to happen. Like that's just technically the line they've done at their whole franchise. Tech. Well, they never even make the playoffs, but technically, exactly. <laughs> technically, every team in the league is a fraud by that metric, except one. No, no, no. Choke in big games though, like all year. The Lions have continuously not choked in big games all year. They, they won. Very, they won very shaky though. They won twelve games in the regular season. Dude, they almost and then, lost to the Bears twice. Okay. That's, if, that's, that's but bad. but they proved that they're not frauds because of their one bad week by going out and getting the division when they've won big games in the regular season and they won a huge game over Matthew Stafford and the Rams. They that is a huge win. It is a big and, win. And Green Bay beating Dallas. I know you think Dallas is just like basically a CFL team, but like <laughs> I would say the Packers are I would say the Lions are more frauds than the or less frauds than the Packers. You know Dallas was top five in offense and defense. It happens every year. They're always they're either first or second in the division. Every like it VP, we see this coming from a mile If I away. was a Packers fan, time. if I was a Packers fan, I would be disgusted. Like I hate Green Bay, so I like laughing at them. But like you're not gonna give them any credit for blowing out the Cowboys. They get none. Sure, you get a little credit. Does that make you happy? <laughs> you get I, I, a little credit. The Cowboys were so good this year. But they don't beat anybody and nobody. Good. You predicted the Cowboys to win. I understand that, and that's dumb on my part. So next year, next year, you will for sure not pick Dallas. No I, I, I don't think I don't think I can. I don't think I can. Anymore. They could be 15 and one and they'll be the number one seed. And they come in in that second round. I, I would have, this I would have to pick against now. them. As long as right. Jerry Jones is the owner and Dak Prescott, we need changes. If there's no changes. Yeah. I am going to pick them against them no matter what. So All right. they could be undefeated. Wow. I just, every team left either was the number one seed or has a playoff win. So I, I hope it's the NFC North. No, I don't hope it. That would actually suck if it's the NFC North Bowl for the championship because that would mean one of them's playing in the Super Bowl. But ah, I got a bad feeling about this weekend, Frank. A very, very bad feeling. Um, you will be able to shed some light on some of those bad feelings, though, in America's favorite podcast segment of the week. Breaking bets. Where's my money, bitch? Where's my money? I'm gonna bitch. I'm going to give it to you, VP. 50 three, and three. three and three. Three and three. Not bad. Not great. It's okay. I, I had a game. I had a pick for the Sabres-Hawks game, and then it got postponed. So I'm going to do this a little bit on the fly. Um, I was going to say take the first period over one and a half in the Hawks game because Soderblom would be on in net and a back-to-back. With the game playing tomorrow, Peter Mrazek will probably be back in net. So I'm not going to go with that pick. So we're going to switch it up. We'll do a different hockey pick for today. And I'm going to say Sergei Bobrovsky to let in less than two and a half goals tonight. 
I've never done a pick like that. I like that Red Wings kind of been on the stinker this year. Bet to win one unit at minus 135. Sergey Bobrovsky has been great. They're at home. To get three goals against Bobrovsky, that's going to be tough. Not a lot of teams do that, or not a lot of teams do that. Not a lot of teams have done that this year. In my opinion, if they do get three goals, Detroit's going to end up winning the game, but I think Sergey Bobrovsky is going to stand on his head. They're going to, he'll stop two or less, in my opinion. So that that's going to be. My hockey pick today, a little bit of a switch around. Wasn't expecting an NHL game to be postponed. That's my first pick for you. My second pick is between the Miami Heat and the Toronto Raptors. VP, we have breaking news um, for the Toronto Raptors, so I'm glad I had this pick. Pascal Siakam has been traded to the Indiana Pacers. I don't know what the deal was for. I don't know who went back in return, what the draft picks were, whatnot. That makes this pick even better because I'm leaning towards the Miami Heat who have already gotten rid of OG and Obli and, and somebody, uh, there was somebody else they got rid of too. But they did get R.J. Barrett and Emmanuel quickly from the Knicks in that trade when they lost Anobly, which they've been fantastic for the Raptors. But now you're without pa- uh, Pascal Siakam tonight. So it makes me lean towards the Miami Heat even more. When this team, the team right now is fairly healthy. Their NBA championship contenders when fully healthy. And even without a couple smaller pieces on this team, I think they could beat the Raptors in Toronto. I'm taking Heat money line. Bet to win two units, minus 142. Traveling to Toronto to play a game is never easy in the NBA because there's only one team that plays in Canada, so you don't have to do it too often. Players aren't used to it like they are in the NHL. But I think this Heat team could get the job done on the road and hand the Raptors their fifth straight loss. They've been struggling. Now you're without... Your number one player, Pascal Siakam, was always their leading point scorer. That's their guy. He's gone now. He's not playing tonight. Heat money line minus 142. Bet to win two units. And finally, how could I not include this game? The Kansas City Chiefs and the Buffalo Bills. We're going Bills money line. My biggest, Vinny, you're going to laugh if they lose because this is my biggest breaking bets bet to date. Bet to win 10 units on the Buffalo Bills money line at minus 142. What a game this will be. I cannot wait for this game. I hope this is Josh Allen's revenge game. Bills and Josh Allen have owned Patrick Mahomes in the regular season, but when it comes to the playoffs, they're 0-2. If there was ever a time for the Bills to get their first win against Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs, it is this game in Buffalo. And when the chief, this Chiefs team doesn't know how to catch a ball, which they did last week, it is scary to go against Patrick Mahomes in the playoffs but I really believe that this is truly third time's a charm. If they could beat the Chiefs team this year, if they can't beat the Chiefs team this year, maybe never, hop on the Bills train and we can watch Josh Allen ride into the AFC Championship game. I cannot wait. Unbelievable. Cannot wait. Those are my three picks for you. 10 units, bet to win. 10 units, Bills money line minus 142. Very good, Frank. Very, very good. Now I hope the Bills win even more. I picked the Chiefs, but I don't want you to lose all that. Ten units? Ten units. That's, that's a lot. That's Jeebus. how confident I am. Jeebus. That'll be fun, though. Can't wait for that game. Um, good breaking bet segment. Make sure you follow Frankie. He knows what he's doing 50% of the time, which is pretty good. Um, yeah, let's get it higher. Let's get it higher, eh? Uh, onward and upward, right? Onward and upward is the only place we could go. Only place we could go. Frank, do you want an update on how the Blackhawks broadcast is going to work? Tomorrow? Tonight and tomorrow. There is no game tonight. I know. There's repercussions, though, Frank. 
Really? There's repercussions for everything. Uh-oh. Let's hear it. The game tonight between the Chicago Blackhawks and the Buffalo Sabres, the Buffalo Sabres, was supposed to be on TNT. So they had a whole ass crew in Buffalo ready to call this game between the Chicago Blackhawks and the Buffalo Sabres. Well, now there's no game. So TNT picked up the game between the Detroit Red Wings. Oh, nice. Florida Panthers. That will be on TNT now. But the announcers that they sent to um, Buffalo are obviously not in... Uh, I can't remember if it's Florida or Detroit. They're not there for that game. It's in Florida. So Biz, Anson Carter, Wayne Gretzky, and whoever, Liam McHugh. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's Wayne Gretzky. That crew, though, the do, doing the pre and post game, is also going to call the game. That's, See, that's crazy. Very, very fun to hear Biz and all them actually call the game. That's actually crazy. Red Wings and the Florida Panthers. And then tomorrow, when they make up this game between the Chicago Blackhawks and the Buffalo Sabres, it is going to be on your normally scheduled NBC Sports Chicago. But... Chris Vosters did not make the trip to Buffalo because of the fact that this game was going to be on NBC. So they're going to have Brendan Burke call it for NBC Sports Chicago, who was supposed to call the game on NBC Sports Chicago or on TNT tonight. So you will have Brendan Burke in Chris Vosters on NBC Sports Chicago tonight and people looking for good hockey on TNT. Honestly, I know ratings play a big role in this because Buffalo and Chicago are both top five viewing markets for their teams in the NHL. But like Red Wings versus Panthers is a significantly better hockey game. So tune into TNT. It is. It is, Frank. Relax. I'm not saying it's not. You know it is. Relax. And so if you're actually looking for some good hockey, there actually is going to be good hockey on TNT now tonight. And the New Jersey Devils take on the Montreal Canadiens tonight too. So if you're looking for – a little bit of pregame chat on that game in about 40, no, 38 minutes. You could tune into the Let's Go Devils podcast network and hear me and Shorts Guy break down the game that is upcoming between the Devils and the Canadians, too. Timo Meyer's back. Um, we will have updates on Jack Hughes and the goaltending matchup between Nico Dawes and Sam Montebo that will take place tonight. Um, they never, they don't like to put um, Canadian teams on TNT. That would be the actual. Uh, Detroit, Florida is really good too. There, those are two good options for um, TNT, but should be fun. I'm looking forward to tonight's two games, um, and then of course football this weekend. Any complaints with today's show can be directed on Twitter.com, X.com to at Joey Parisi. The DMs are open, so make sure you reach out to him with any issues you may have with our show. Um, and for everybody in the chat, we can't thank you enough, Frank. Before we get out of here, go Bills, man. Go Bills. I Go cannot Bills. wait. Even Three though you're Bills. even though you're a douche about the Cleveland Browns, Listen, my Cleveland Browns. I have my Browns, reasons. I have my reasons. My Cleveland Yeah, you'll root for the Devils in the playoffs if they make it though, right? Are the Bills division rivals with any of your football teams? No. So pipe um, it down. They're not? What, the Chiefs? No. Who are ja- Jaguar? Who's in the division? I've <laughs> Miami? Who, who has been my number one favorite athlete in any sport for the last 25 years of my Are life. Are the Bucks in their division? No. Oh, the Patriots. Well, everybody forgets about the Patriots because they've been so bad this year. Yeah, well, you better hope the Pats don't get good again ever, Well, at least while Josh Allen's in the league, because then you'll hate me. 
then you will hate me. Oh, I, mean, I, win now, so. I will root for Tom Brady's teams forever. That That's is fine. just we'll – just They'll never be the Bears. Out. They'll never be the Bears, but the, the Pats and the Bucks will have my heart forever. There well, was the, it was the funnest sports watching of my life. Tom well, Brady. We'll just have to chop you down at the knees. That's what we the Bills guys do. So, I hope Tom Brady. Uh, here's a team could join the list though if Thomas Edward Patrick Brady ever gets into a front office. What if he or a coach? Oh, that'd be sick. Like to play or to like coach? one year. Like Allen was injured. They're like, we need somebody. He's coming out of retirement to the Bills. He'd be Vinny's uh, team again. If he didn't come back this year, he's done. Because there, there, there were places that could have used him this year too. Well, then he'd be your team. I honestly thought there was a chance in like October because like the Browns could have used them. Jets. The Jets could have certainly he could have came back in week two and played a full season. Like he probably wouldn't have started that second game, but he probably would have been ready by week three. Mm-hmm. Uh, like there was a chance. And the fact that he didn't this year with all the QB injuries, the Bengals, even though he's not coming back. J- Jake Browning was pretty good. I actually think the Bengals have a nice little little duo there in case Burrow ever gets hurt again. Even if it's just like he hurt his finger and he needs a week, you know, and the buys the following week, like Browning, my Ohio teams, that's who I'm rooting for besides the Tom Brady teams going forward too, other than the bears, of course. Um, But yeah, really fun show. I enjoy talking hockey and football with you, Frank. I'm going to be hanging with you this weekend, watching some hockey and football Saturday night. Yeah. I'm probably going to create a – I'm going to put another TV. There's already two TVs in our basement. I, I think wish a, the Bills were Saturday, man. Me too, me too. But we can watch together on Sunday. I won't if you be want. around Sunday. Um, lame. Um, my New Jersey Devils take on the Dallas Stars uh-uh. on Saturday. So oh, maybe, maybe we'll theme it hockey jerseys or something. Where are your favorite hockey jerseys? On Saturday night, I'm talking to one person specifically. I won't name any names, but New Jersey Devils versus Dallas Stars on Saturday night. There will be a TV specifically for that game. You know if I have anything to say about it. Um, it'll be going on the same time as Packers 49ers. So there's going to be all and the Bruins play there. There's going to be there's going to be some good stuff on the televisions while we play some pool and all we sorts should, of stuff. We should watch uh, the Houston game. The Houston game. Text. Uh, that's three thirty. Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. I don't know if you're busy by then. Well, I'll be coming. I'll be on my way home. I will be on my way home from Wisconsin roughly around that time. But even if it's the second half, yeah, um, yeah, get there for that. So that'll be exciting. Looking forward to all the sports this weekend. Make sure you watch it all, and then you're ready for our following show next Wednesday when I can laugh in Frankie's face about the two NFC North teams being in the when NFC I go Championship and game. Four and zero, baby. Four and zero. We're 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 talking about being on glue and stuff after that monstrosity. Uh, there that monstrosity that we put on display in our last show. I don't know why anyone would give take me some four and O's in chat. No one takes us seriously after that monstrosity of last week. You know, it's just. We combined to pick five games correctly, and there weren't there were only six games. I know like, that's just disgusting. I know Skokes disgusting. Here. He would chant four and for me. Skokes knows. Or Travis. Travis could give me a good four and Skokes knows, and Ray Leo's on my side. Um, but yeah, I hope everybody enjoyed the show. Let's go Devils podcast in just over a half hour pregame. I'm not going yeah. anywhere. I will be on, so make sure you're tuning in for Frankie Mueller at the King Bean on Twitter. I am at Vinny Parisi. As always, Frank, thank you for listening.